Welcome to Fly Cool Shit, the show where Jeff Petro and Mark Pollard talk about aerobatics, unique airplanes, aviation news, and so much more. Hey pilot, you're cleared to enter the box. Smoke on. All right, you want to do the clap track or you want me to? I can do it. Go for it. All right, we're and we're all going to clap together, right? In three, two, one. <laughs> I don't think you know Six, how three, clap track works. <laughs> ah, that was good. That was good. All right, you guys all ready to go? Yes. <laughs> if that's any way the show's going to go, pretty much sums it up. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Fly Cool Shit, powered by Lyft Aviation. I'm Mark. And I'm Jeff. And I do not have a helmet, still. I, I, want, I want you to know that I still have several helmets, and I used one today <laughs> in this insane heat wave. Um, I, I got know. to fly. Well, I, I say I got to fly. I went and flew. Um, but it was hot, dude. It was hot. Yeah, that's why I'm bringing it up. The helmet looks sick, though. Looks really sick. They're keeping cool. They're keeping you cool. I'm loving it. Honestly, yes. And I remember uh, so when I bought the bonehead, and this isn't this isn't a knock on bonehead at all. Um, it, I just remember it being really warm. No, it's it's not. It's just it, it's just a warmer helmet. And I remember swapping between the bonehead Pilot X and that um, uh, CF Flight Helmets Carbon Fiber HGU helmet. And I just remember Oof. like that one was really hot. Uh, no venting. I mean, it had, it had vents in it, but it just it did not vent at all. And then um, with the Organero stuff in the Pilot X, it was really thick, and it just it I don't know it didn't didn't you know breathe all that great, but it was it was definitely better than the uh, the CF flight helmets. But this uh, the Carmen helmet, I mean, it doesn't breathe any different than the other helmets, but the lift helmet has definitely been the most breathable. It's yeah, nice on days a little like bias, this. but I guess so. It is definitely a little bias. But honestly, that's yeah. what initially drove me to it. I was like, oh, my God, dude, like my head doesn't it's, I don't feel hot. And I don't know. It's not the carbon because uh, I've had lighter helmets and this matte carbon is black. So you would think it would, you know, radiate the heat a little bit more. It's, it's nice. Yeah, it looks you'll see, nice. You'll see in like, oh, yeah, you know, six to eight working weeks or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's a leap year. So I got to wait. Like how, how long in between leap years is it? Oh God, is it four? I don't know. Yeah, I think I gotta wait four years. I must have asked for it on a leap year day. So I screwed myself. That's, that's the problem. That's, that's the, the problem. problem. <laughs> you know what you should do is you should show up at AirVenture and just try to buy one on the spot and maybe get it faster. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm kind of broke right now. But <laughs> everybody's hitting me up. <laughs> so I got nothing. Hit, hit, I got nothing. <laughs> Hitting you up for that that airplane money, that airplane money, yo, <laughs> dollar yeah. dollar bills. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so boy. I'm 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 very excited for our, our guest tonight because, um, and I don't know if he knows this, you know this, and I don't I don't know if you remember this, but uh, this is how I got introduced to both of you at the same time was this gentleman's podcast. Uh, he is the creator and owner of Spread Aviation and the Spread Aviation Podcast. It's Robert Dumovic. Hi, up, dude. <laughs> I also wore a helmet today and flew a midwing. Ooh. Oh my god. It's just like <laughs> part the Red Sea, baby. Hell yeah. Are you guys Midwing's making a brothers? comeback? 
<laughs> Midwings are making a comeback, dude. I like it. Bring them back. Yeah, between the like Endo it. and you and me. Uh, let's see who else out there has a midwing. Barrett Hines has one. Okay. Um, who else? There's a few out here. There's a, there's more than I thought, to be honest. Would you me. consider a midwing since he's like oh. modified it so much? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a gate guard, right? It doesn't fly. It just sits yeah. on the ground, protects Mu- his hanger. Museum piece. That's right. Yeah. Museum piece. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. a good, it's a good representation of like the star Wars, the stormtrooper. They don't really do anything, but they look good in that uniform. Right? <laughs> well, and the, they and can't the question shoot anybody, is, they can't do anything. It just, it's clean, clean helmet. You know, that's well, it. This begs the, the question. You're looking for. This, this begs the question. It, we, it's not whether we argue whether it's a midwing or not, because I feel like that's undeniable. It is a midwing. Whether it's an airplane or not is the real debate because it doesn't fly. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I wish it is they a would like turn it's it into air, like, absolutely you, midwing. You know those like playground things where it's like the 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 tube that's shaped like an airplane and it's got the wheel on it that does nothing. I feel like we should do that. Like make his airplane into a seesaw for kids. It, it would get more use. <laughs> it would get more uh, use. We're being mean now. <laughs> so <don't> sad. <laughs> I, I think we are I being mean. Uh, we are being mean, but you know what? It's okay. You know? It's I okay. think massage chair it's is okay. actually the most um, uh, accurate description of the front seat of that, of the 300. It It's not a fun mm-hmm. seat to be in as, a, as an instructor. No, but yeah. tell people how much better it is in the 300 than the 300L front seat. Uh, no, I think the L's better. This may be Whoa. an unpopular opinion, but I think the front seat. This the just L blew my mind. Yeah. yeah, I think right, Rob's got why. small. He's probably got small uh, nuts because the freaking stick <laughs> just slaps you in the nuts every time. Every time I sit in it, at least. I gotta, t- I gotta shift <laughs> them out of the way. It's a whole, it's a whole problem. It's you might be process. doing something wrong there. I don't know about that. You, you're not supposed to be scooched <laughs> down that far forward. But uh, yeah, just the, the geometry in the front hole, you're a little too upright. My knees are jammed up underneath the dash. It's it's uh, it's not all that good. But recently I did have a, a, a gentleman who's a friend and friend of the podcast uh, in the front seat of my midwing. And, and he'll be featured in episode four of Flight to a Championship on mm-hmm. Spread Aviation's YouTube page, which is documenting the journey from getting this aircraft and training to try and make the U.S. Advanced Aerobatics team to go to Worlds here in 2023. But uh, you'll just have to, to subscribe to, to Spread Aviation's YouTube channel. It's free uh, to see that video of, uh, of that. Shamelessly of that plugging already. Outstandingly, <laughs> outstandingly quaffed not even hair in the front seat of this airplane. It'll, it'll be outstanding. We're amazing. Seven, You're going to love it. We're seven minutes and 32 seconds into this thing. And, and already... Outcome the plugs. Such a professional. Outcome the so plugs. Well, we lose yeah, most. Uh, we lose most listeners by the eight and a half minute mark. So I knew I had to get it in quick. Smart, <laughs> smart man. No, absolutely. Go subscribe to Spread Aviation. Um, so, so, and I'm assuming you're still updating it on the podcast as well, so people can listen into your journey as well as watch it. No, not at all. We've just focused all our attention on YouTube and Instagram right now. Uh, Matt it. moved away. Okay. He's he's in love, and that's great. Good for him, but the podcast suffered. So, uh, what a loss. We do have 46 yeah. episodes, though, on uh, uh, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and then you can also check them out on our website, spreadaviation.com. And if you need a private pilot jackride, there's jackride information up there, too. Uh, I do travel. It's a great podcast. Awesome. 
that's how that's, <laughs> that's, that's literally how that. I got introduced to uh yeah, that's how I got introduced to Jeff. Um, well, and and you, Rob. Honestly, it's it's very interesting that. The, well, no, it's not interesting. I think uh, uh, Jeff has had this idea to have an aerobatics themed podcast for a while, and and he and I had a conversation about it, and we even filmed and recorded oh, a pilot episode. Yeah. So uh, oh, we I went Just down to New York footage. and we set up in uh, in Jeff's kitchen. And we were like, who should we have on the podcast? And we're like, we don't know. Uh, how about Silliberti? And so I call Silliberti and he's in the Bahamas. He's like, yeah, dude, I could I could talk with you in like in 20 minutes. I got to get on the hotel Wi-Fi. And then he did this episode <laughs> with us. And, you know, it was great. It was great to talk about. But it's like Jeff is this wealth of aerobatic history knowledge. He knows the names. He knows the airplanes. He knows the characters. He knows what I thought you were going to say do. wealth of money. No, well, I mean, he's, he's no, got an airplane and two kids in a, in a house on, is that Long Island? I don't know my geography. It's like, a there's G, no way he, he has, <laughs> there's, no, there's no way he's got money. He's got debt. Uh, but yeah. you know, he's, he had this passion uh, that, A, I, I couldn't match or had the time for. Uh, and so it's fantastic that you guys got together because you both kind of have the same encyclopedic knowledge uh, of things. And you have two kind of varied experiences, Mark as, as an instructor of aerobatics, but not a competitor and Jeff as a competitor of aerobatics and, and uh, a follower of the history and, and of the knowledge. And it works really well with you two together. Thank you. I think even better than it would. That's have been really nice of you to say. If it was Jeff and I, that was probably the best compliment we've ever received. Thank you. God, You're welcome. You could, that, could you just write that down? Maybe like, God, I'm going to replay just that. Just write it down day. somewhere. I know. <laughs> I know. Whenever no, I'm having a bad really day, nice. I'm just going to play that. Very All right. Now that the mutual day. butt kissing is over, let's get down to brass tacks here and talk about some flying. <laughs> you know what, Rob? I love me too. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I agree. <laughs> no, it's awesome. Oh. It's, it's been really fun. It's been really fun. It's been really fun. But it's, you know, it is kind of in a way coming full circle. And this is going to be too much information for everybody. But I listen to a lot of podcasts when I'm in the shower getting ready to go to work. And so um, I remember um, I was I started listening to Spread Aviation. And then I saw Jeff's name. And, and I'd already heard of Jeff's name through Mache. And then we got we got added to this group chat, I think, before we started really talking individually and then it just kind of became a thing where I was like, I've been wanting to do a podcast like this, like kind of off color, you know, shoot the shit, um, non stuffy type of, of environment for a long time. And I'm like, man, it just, it really did just kind of, kind of come together, which is, it's, and it's been, fuck, it's been fun. It's still yeah, a lot the, of fun. The organic nature of it is, is great. And the fact that you guys are stuck to a weekly schedule that's one of the hardest things. And Jeff, I just got to let you know, if you're going to have a soundboard, you got to run it through the computer, man. We can't even hear you got to run it through the computer. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of budget do you, you got to get you to run it through the computer? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand. <laughs> yeah. I started the podcast with $125 with the microphones and stands. And, uh, you know, that was, that was kind of a stretch. And the first episode was great because it was just like, we had all this energy. And then the second episode which is titled our second best episode. And unfortunately it got more views. It got more listens than the first one. We screwed up. Like when Matt showed up, who was my co-host, we didn't talk to each other. 
we just like, we, we ate some food, we went downstairs, we hit record, and then there was no energy. It was completely dead. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it totally showed. And we knew at the end of the episode, like that one sucked. Let's just call it our second best episode. And I, I think the problem <laughs> with the name is that people are like, Oh, it's their second best episode. Let's listen to that one. And they're listening to the absolute worst episode. ever. <laughs> no, we screwed up. But well, let us, let me good. ask you, what's your favorite episode that we've done? That you guys have done uh, the, the Ghoulian episode. Um, and yeah, that was pretty good. It, it, it's, it's, it's a very interesting, um, it was a, it was one of the first episodes I listened to, um, because it was at that time where I was going back to work and I wasn't, I didn't have as much time to sit around and listen to podcasts. Um, and so I wanted to, I, I wanted to listen to that one specifically because I worked for him. Uh, he hired me in 2013. I worked for him until his, his, uh, his mom sold the school. Um, and he, he hired me and he saw this passion that I had for aerobatics, for flying, uh, my goals to, uh, be on the, the U S world, uh, world team for, for unlimited here in the future. And like, we're, I'm working towards that, but like he saw that, uh, in the initial interview. And so he saw that passion and, and working with him over the years, I got to learn a bunch of stuff. I got to meet a bunch of people. I got to do a bunch of different things that I would never have had the opportunity to do in Ohio. And listening to I was that, to say episode, like you were, you're being kind of humble. Like you drove from Ohio to Boston to interview, right? Or something like that. Yeah, I, I drove overnight <laughs> from Boston. Hey, I, hey, I did my interview with Mike at the Dayton Air Show in 2013, uh, about an hour and a half before Gene Wicker and Charlie Schwenker crashed. You were there. Oh, wow. I was there at the same time. Dude, that was just a crap. Day. And then the I was sitting that came in through in the afternoon. Julian's, uh, chalet. I left yeah. after that. Like. You know what sealed the deal for me with like how fucked up it was is like obviously that it was a tragedy and horrific what happened. Yeah. But as I'm like walking out the gates, like it, all the spectators could give two shits. They were like eating funnel yeah. cakes still and this and that. And I'm like, this yeah. is why like I don't get the low level it inverted this and that because like they don't care. Like and it doesn't impress any them. Yeah. You know? it, so just it, like bring it up. And and that's come you up guys, too. Like the audience doesn't know what the heck they're looking at, but like you were there. That's that's insane that you and I are in the same spot because we didn't know, I didn't each know other. that until now. Um, who is small? What do you think happened? What do you oh, think? Oh no, he he. Well, Karen said that he was. Can you guys get lower than can, seen even him before you, Even before you continue with that, can I stop you there? Can you guys, uh, for those who don't know what happened, or or not why it happened, but for those who aren't even aware of what we're talking about, can you get add a little context of who they are and what happened? Yeah, so Jane Wicker and Charlie Schwenker, uh, it was a wing walking routine with a super steerman, uh, and uh, Aurora. Charlie Schwenker was the was the pilot, and they were coming in yep. for an inverted pass, with her sitting on the bottom of the bottom wing. So the airplane was upside down, and she was sitting upright on uh, the bottom of the left yeah. wing, which would have been from past was from left to right. She was sitting on. The so basically side. they, the, the plane comes in upright. The steering comes in upright. She's hanging from the end strut down. So her head is, you know, facing the ground. And then he, the idea is that, and they've pulled it off in practice. No issue. Um, the idea is he does a half roll in the steering and that puts her on top of the wing, sitting like on, on a table kind of, you know, just sitting yeah. normal. Yeah. Anyway, yes. And as they got to show center, uh, the steerman was a little bit lower and a little bit slower and you could 
if you watch the videos, you can see Charlie's pushing uh, yeah. on the stick and the, the, the wing stalls on the side that she's sitting on because she's acting like a spoiler. Um, yep. And so it stalled on that side and it Yarl coupled into the ground and, and uh, it was horrible. just a fireball. Uh, ex- the, the explosion concussive force that came off, it hit me in the chest and I stood up thinking there was going to be an airplane that came out the other side of this fireball. Like it was the greatest act I'd ever seen, but like that's where my brain went. Cause there was no way I just saw an airplane crash and, um, and it didn't, you know, and it, you know, yeah. at that moment that, that they're gone, that's it. And yeah, the super interesting part about this job interview and being down there was that I, I brought my dad uh, because he had taken me to my first air show when I was six. Oh God. And so it was, it was kind of a big deal that I wanted him to be there with, at an air show with me. And we were meeting Mike Goulian and all this other stuff. But uh, my dad was a combat Marine in Vietnam and I know he'd seen some stuff. And I know that especially now as a, as a father myself, that he's now seeing the ultimate, outcome or a potential outcome of this industry for his son who wants to go into this industry. And I looked at him and I said, look, they knew what the possibilities were when they took off today, when they got into this, they knew, and I understand it too. And I want you to understand, I want you to know that I've thought about it and I understand it and that this is something that I'm still willing to do, even though I understand what the risks are. And he as a combat Marine understood that. He said, okay, I just want you to be safe. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was, we sat there for hours, um, after that, because we didn't know what else to do. Um, and I remember we left there and a thunderstorm hit and we were walking through the thunderstorm and helping hold a canopy cover on an A4. And, um, we went to the bar across from the hotel to get some dinner and they were showing the replays on, on the news. And I was still, yeah, it was on the news. I, I was messed up from it. And there were people well, in the show TV caught it. Yeah, and that was that. And that was like the big, you know, we've seen air show crashes uh, up up close and personal um, on, on camera before. But there was something about this particular crash. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree that it was caught within it or it was caught with with exceptional detail. And I mean yeah. that in 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 a terrible way. Yes, um, it was a terrible, terrible thing to oh, watch. Horrific. And it was. Yep. And you didn't. I know that, you know, you mentioned concussive force and, and obviously the physical physically being there uh, would always be worse, but you didn't miss out any element of it by watching it on, on uh, that feed. That's how bad it was. To yeah. Watch. Or that, at least that's how detailed it was. At least, you know, a lot of times when you watch an accident and I, I, I've, I've done accident investigation, um, studies uh for my degree i i'm a huge uh just kind of a nerd when it comes to accident investigations i've filmed for information discovery i actually flew for um the documentary they did on air france 447 demonstrating stalls so i really do love accidents and 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 like to study them and and certainly we all have this there is a morbid curiosity with all pilots and aerobatic pilots especially like i want to watch this so i don't do it or I want to learn from it, or what can I learn from it? But that was one where it was like, damn, the, this was this was more than I needed. This was more than I needed uh, to see. Yeah, that was a, yeah. that was a bad one. And uh, and I'd horrible. seen plane crashes before, you know, at the airport and things like that. But um, this one was just, I 
it was galvanizing. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, as someone who wants to enter into the airshow world eventually, as someone who wants to do this, um, it just drove home that there is no room for carelessness. And I don't know what the point of no return, and I'm not saying Charlie was careless or that they were careless or anything like that at all. I'm just saying that they were trying to do everything right. And so sure. what chance do we have if we are careless and reckless? Well, that's what's so amazing about you look at Mike Goulian and, um, you know, obviously this is good, good kind of tie back to your um, relationship with Mike is there's, there's a, a very few that have done this job for as long as Mike and Sean and a few of the other legends, Matt Chapman, um, you know, gosh, uh, Gene Susie, who else can we name that have, have had very, very long, multiple decades long airshow careers um, that that are going to come out of the end of it? You know, knock on wood, uh, ha- have Kirby's already so- retired and come yeah. out of it. Kirby, another one. Absolutely. Kirby, Patty. You know, uh, Patty, um, there, you know, we can obviously the list is longer of people that unfortunately have not made it. And it, it's just amazing how you watch the difference. And, you know, when we've. We've, uh, you know, talking to Skip Stewart, uh, Brad Worston, um, you know, a few of these, you, you you kind of run the spectrum of, you know, new up and comers or very niche air show performances to the, the absolute legends. I mean, we've talked to the best of the best, Rob Holland, uh, Michael Goulian, you know, Matt Chapman, the, 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 some of the best pilots ever to have walked this earth. Um, we've had the good fortune to talk to. Then you kind of watch, I'm going to be careful here. We've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but I'm going to be careful. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, and you know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. Um, okay, go <laughs> it rhymes with it's just, it, you know, <laughs> no, no, no. Um, I, I just think about the, the, the tier of air show pilots that, that, you know, need that coaching, that, that mentoring, um, the, the, that extra thing to make sure they do it right and do it safely and do it yeah. repeatedly uh, the right way every single time. And, you know, you look back to that crash in Dayton and it's like, you know, all the conditions might've been right that day. And you're absolutely right, Rob. It's like, you know, not, there's no, there's no, um, indication that, that they were a careless act, but you know what? The conditions were just a little bit different. You know, where it was high. DA was high. Manifold pressure might've been two inches back. Whatever, you know, it's just like you're, if you're right there, if you're, if you're riding the line, you don't have any room. You know, and it is, it is kind of a sobering reminder. Yeah. Oh, totally. Do you, Hey Rob, what do you think? Cause you followed air shows a long time. Um, is there any way to get proficient in air shows besides, um, entering into the IAC and, and competition aerobatics? Obviously people have done it and, um, and like skip has, has done a great job. Um, offhand, I can't think of anybody else, but, do you think that the IAC is the only way somebody should go about getting into the air show uh, world before getting into the air show world? Well, should go about is I, th- I think the, the, the right question there, because you can certainly go down to Mexico or someplace that doesn't have the rules and safety standards of the FAA and go out and be a cowboy in a place where nobody cares if you make a grease stain out of yourself or there's so much open space. Um, you could do that. Um, but you should really have eyes on you. You should always uh, start up high. And the IAC is a great place because it's focused on a competition standard, which is precision, which is the shape of the figures, the shape of the maneuvers, 
and we're trying to fly within a box. We're trying to fly within the rules. We're trying to do all this stuff right. And you don't have to go through the IAC in order to be an aerobatic pilot or an aerobatic uh, performer. Um, but it's a structured organization that I think helps. Uh, but the other side of this could be, hey, you find a really good mentor who's maybe done it for a while and has eyes on you and is able to coach you through and is able to give you experience right. uh, that is, you know, one flight observed is better than 40 flights not observed. And because you have that guidance and that, and that mentorship from that person, you're going to be safe. They're going to make sure that you stay safe. They're going to hold you accountable for your, for your actions, for your training. And then they're going to step you down as you get proficient. So it doesn't right. have to be through the IAC, but it can't just be you going out there on your own and thinking that you know it all because things are going to bite you. And, and I have, I've had plenty of learning experiences um, even after all the training and all the time and everything where the IAC was the, was the right place to do it. Um, and this is, this is my first season in advance after competing for the last seven years minus COVID and I'm still learning stuff. Yeah. Oops. Hopefully you never um, stop. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There's, there's always more so, to learn. There's always somebody that knows more. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you before. Um, so we were talking about, so you interviewed with Goulian and then yep. we started getting all depressing. Um, and now <laughs> we're here. Um, you got the, you got, you got the job. Did he make you go on, um, any training flights with him? Cause we've spoke, Mark and I have spoken about, um, you know, what we would do if we, we got to fly with, uh, the Don or, or Bobby Holly. And both of us have opted to say that we wouldn't, we just, we would call in sick that day. Story time. <laughs> I would puke. Um, so yeah, when I, I got puke. hired, uh, Mike said, you get 20 hours in a decathlon, go fly with What's Matt mean? Crane. And Matt Crane was the guy who'd worked for executive flyers before. He went to the airlines and came that. back and he had aerobatic experience. You've met Matt, right? Yeah. He beat me in my yeah. first contest. Asshole. Okay. You don't carry a grudge at all. So <laughs> after that 20 hours... Mike and I went and did a couple flights in the decathlon because Mike wanted to make sure that I was teaching to his standard, that I was teaching the way that somebody oh who works for Mike Goulian teaches. And of course, after did you feel hours, the pressure? Feeling, oh yeah, you're and feeling quit. confident. <laughs> no, I didn't quit. Heck no, man. Um, <laughs> feeling rough. confident. Walking out of executive flyer stores, saluting, <laughs> doing the old salute. You did. Bye. No, you see, you see, you know, you see Mike getting his shoot on and then Rob just is in, in the background, just bolting it across the ramp. But like that, that first flight, he's like, okay, give me a two point, two point roll, stick left, stick center. We're inverted, stick left, rudder left from inverted, which is wrong. Get back up. Right. And he's like, okay, well you got to use the other rudder when you're and like, you're slapping yourself in the forehead because you're like, I know I'm like better shaking than this. right Why now. Just hearing this. Yeah. And oh, so this is terrifying. I go into a flight last week and my extra with, with Mike Goulian, we do a two point roll and he's like, Hey, you got to make sure you use the other rudder. And I'm smacking myself in the forehead because it's been nine years. Wait, Mike, <laughs> Mike jumped in the uh, front seat. Check out episode four of Flight to a Championship on Spread Aviation YouTube channel. <laughs> and I'm smacking myself because like, I make the same mistake because you get in the airplane with them and, and there's this disparity of experience. There's this 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 unevenness to the the uh, uh, the the quality of airmen in the aircraft. And you want to fly your best. You really do. And you end up putting God. more pressure on yourself than you need to. 
and you so got like, that like stallion haircut right in front of you, just mesmerizing, trying to do aerobatics. I'm just so glad he had a helmet on, but the helmet's got sponsors on it. So you're like, oh, he's beyond oh, me. But God. anyway, Jeez. but like the, <laughs> I've, I've had the opportunity to fly with ridge. Michael. <laughs> I've had the opportunity to fly with Michael multiple times uh, throughout my employment with him um, in 2015. I may have irritated him because I made a uh, I made a video where I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm trying to pay for this training out at Sean Tucker the Tatima Academy and in what is it, King City, California." And Mike saw the video and he was like, "The hell, Sean Tucker is going to teach my pilot, my instructor, how to fly aerobatics." No, you and I <laughs> are going on to Florida. We're going to St. Augustine. We're going to go fly Patty's airplanes. And I'm going to teach you my way how to fly the extra. That was all part of your master plan, though, right? Yes, excellent. It was. So, <laughs> so I go. To, we go down to uh, we go down to St. Augustine for a week, and we flew Patty's decathlon. We flew her L and her LX, uh, the one that I think Sean Brodigan has it now. Oh yeah. Uh, it was yeah. brand new to her. Mike hadn't flown one before, and so we did like three days uh, in uh, in the L and the LX, and at the end of the last day, Mike goes, okay, my flight controls. And he starts flying his routine in the LX. Oh and I'm getting slammed oh around Lord. the backseat of this cockpit. And I'm getting thrown to the side. And I'm experiencing cue forces and things I've never felt before. I'm just sitting there with the biggest smile on my face. And he's up in the front seat going, you know, it keeps up with the SC pretty well. It's not doing too bad. All right. It's actually doing, yeah. Yeah, that's surprising. <laughs> As he's doing like this outside shoulder roll, whatever. up to Rob's up had on neck problems ever since. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? If that's the pace, the price you got to pay to play the game, then I'm willing to pay it. Oh, Absolutely. I would donate a child. That's worth it. That's worth the give a child. That's worth the uh, the chiropractor. Yeah. How do we keep getting off topic? We were talking about things. I don't remember. But yeah, I've had the opportunity to fly with Michael a handful of times. And, uh, whether he's in a Cirrus or he's in an extra or a super decathlon, uh, he's an absolute master. What is of whatever what is, that um, is? What is the worst figure that he flies like what is he the, the worst that um probably the wheel landing he's he's not so good at the wheel landings <laughs> he's don't terrible. let him talk about that but <laughs> just go into your tires monthly <laughs> <laughs> love you mike thank you <laughs> oh man that's cool so that's, how do you like the midway because he hasn't flown a midwing probably in like 20 years um yeah i don't know that he's he's ever flown one necessarily uh you'd have to ask him but having flown his airplane so he didn't trust me to ferry the sc no he did a lot of the uh the advanced uh he did the advanced aerobatic book with uh ed jepson's midwing that was uh my buddy bought but all the uh visual images from that yeah that was the uh that was of mass or connecticut and it was a um Oh, was it? I, so it I was, thought that was a combination of the Stodica and the S. That's no, it was the Stodica and three Echo Juliet, which was the same paint scheme as Marvel, oh, that's right. which was two eight Echo Juliet. Yep, that's right. You're right. You're right. See, Sorry. Jeff is this encyclopedic knowledge of all this <laughs> aerobatic stuff. There is no point in arguing with that's him. Jeff it. says it. It's right. Um, what happened? You ask, him, you ask him to spell. You ask him to spell your, you are, and your, we're going to have problems. Can't do it. Y O R E. Got it. <laughs> but aerobatic knowledge? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, you're not. No, you're not. <laughs> you're so <funny. laughs> That's 
That's why you're like, asshole. Oh, man. Ay, ay, ay. I love this. is going to be a great episode. I hope everybody's enjoying themselves. Cause, I have um, ADD and I can't even follow what the heck we're talking about right now. I well, keep forgetting. That's what makes this podcast. That's uh, the secret sauce. And when I see secret <laughs> speaking sauce, of, speaking like, of sauce, like it or- <laughs> we should talk about food again like last episode. <laughs> oh my God. Dude, I got so many uh, messages of people being like, dude, I really like the eat cool shit episode. <laughs> really? <laughs> dude, yeah. I took down a, a freaking bag. I've been dieting, Rob. So I yeah. lost, um, um, I was down 19 pounds. Exactly. And, um, what happens is I get super happy when I'm like, my pants are fitting good and I don't have to like stretch out my t-shirt to make it fit a little better. So then I like, I go into this like blackout period. And like last night I took down a freaking bag of sun chips, like the salsa, the new salsa brand. Just watching oh, that. Godfather. No, those are healthy for you. Those are good. That's all. That's all. That's just, that's just grains and salt. So it's healthy there. salt. Oh. Sea salt. What about Italian yeah. mixes? Uh, that's just water and um, hatred. Flavor. I don't know what's, what is an Italian <laughs> ice. I'm from Ohio. <laughs> what? Well, the, we, the you... Slovakians dominate Ohio. I don't know what Italian ice is. You've just gone from a ten to a one in Mark's book. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, is that Italian? Is that? Are you Italian? I'm a no. He, he's the Hawaiian shaved ice man. I'm actually- I am the Hawaiian oh, shaved ice Are those man. the same thing? Okay, all right. Which we haven't spoken to about a lot lately. We like we haven't talked about with that. Yeah, we'll do I another. Yeah. All right, so you tell us what's. Down. Yeah, <laughs> you should. <laughs> what's the deal with this midwing? Um, has any yes. liberals tried, have any liberals or millennials tried to burn it in a demonstration of politics? Um, uh, I can only say one thing. I wish they would, and these colors don't run. <laughs> and has any has any Floridian tried to stick it on the back of a, a fishing boat? Uh, <laughs> Have you gotten uh, no, hate mail that it's not a Confederate flag? <laughs> I did circle the Freedom Factory, if you know what that is. And I was in contact with Cletus McFarland. I'm like, hey, I want to give you guys a ride. Like, oh, yeah. You guys would enjoy this. And uh, Ooh, that'd be good all- marketing, dude. Well, it would, but he was all about it, and then uh, they got busy r- driving race cars around. So uh, we haven't been able to to make that hookup yet. But if anybody uh, wants to put some pressure on Cletus, l- let's try and get this thing done. But it'll have to be after nationals at this point because I'm not flying back down to Florida uh, right uh, now. No, <laughs> it's at, at, the airplane did awesome bringing it back. I went from Punta Gorda to Nashua, New Hampshire, in a day, um, and normally that's like a two day trip. So uh, yeah, this thing that's a long flight. Buck eighty five. Yeah, it's fast. It's faster than the L. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They are faster than the L. Dude, the, the L I flew that that I flew that the L that I have the most time in was a such a pig dog piece of shit. That thing, <laughs> if you could get 160 knots out of that thing, you were like jumping for joy. It was so slow. Yeah, you got to wax it real good, get it nice and slick. Oh yeah, get the seat you just right. Oh yeah. If there's a yeah, if some there's planes a are just on the dirty. Wing, forget about it. It's just so dirty. Was that plane dirty yeah. where you like really like were like, God, I feel bad for this thing. It's fucking Yeah, Ugh. that was one of those where like you kind of look inside and it's like, you know, you, I mean, it was a rental airplane, unfortunately. I mean, it got, yeah, I knew the guy that put it on lease back and it's like you put it, you got to really pick and choose where you put it on lease back and it's just, they were just never taken care of well. But, you know, it goes through a hundred hour and annual and it's like it gets taken apart and put back together and nobody cleans it. And then you just like look inside and you're like, 
you know that this is like where I always look in the back of an extra. I don't know if you guys do this, uh, but especially the two seats is behind the rear seat. When you're looking at the, the um, elevator push rod tube, you know, back there, there's like a wooden, you know, I don't know, beam for the fabric. Right. And the stringers. Dude, that, that stringer collects so much fucking gunk. And you can just look down there and you, you know whether somebody has cleaned that airplane or not yeah. in the course of the last couple of years. And that airplane was so grody. You'd look around in there and you're like, everything's grody. Everything's got a film on it. You can't touch anything. I hated, I hated operating like that. I can't stand that. Well, I got to thank you guys because uh, I, w- I would not have heard about this otherwise. But was it AJ Wilder's airplane that the turtle deck came apart? couple weeks ago yes everything's come apart on that airplane so <laughs> what has so, come apart so then i was like oh well i'm gonna go start checking screws and i found a bunch of loose uh, machine screws it's like, oh i'm no just shit. gonna these all up you know what the and, trick uh, with machine screws and putting them into the extras or anything for that matter is yeah. uh somebody told me dove soap so you like scrape a little bit on the threads of dove, dove soap you know the bar yes and um and then sink them in and it's like uh, it's like butter like Buddha. Interesting thing. Yeah. Dove All soap. Right. You know, I did like the, uh, the head also, of girl of commercials, that company. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I also recommend before, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> at least once a week. Yeah. I, I, I grab break it out at least once a week. Um, you could also just take a drill and just wrench those fuckers in until you crack the turtle deck. Then you know it's not coming off. <laughs> yeah. The turtle deck like parts, that. but the screws are still there. I like that. The screws are still there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was crazy. I, I mean, when I heard that, I was like, how do you lose a turtle deck, dude? How do you lose a turtle deck? I mean, even oh if the screws God. are loose, how do you rip a turtle deck off of an extra? I mean, it's just it just. Rob, I guess this, so. The sighting device. So if anybody uh, doesn't know Rob's airplane, he's. It's a beautiful midwing. It's actually an ex Northern Light midwing, so it's a late serial number. It is um, three November latest serial number fifty six. It's the second best repainted Northern Lights midwing. <laughs> Correct. Well, continue. Continue. Con- please continue. Arguable. That's how we know Mark's from a Democratic <laughs> California state. Because if if he was Republican, that American flag, he would have just. Of course, it's number one. Being first or last. <laughs> Um, you know no, what? Um, that, fake, that, that fake Patriot only painted the top. You want to go full Patriot? You paint the bottom. No, the, the oh, bottom is going to be. Honor, we were talking about honor, it. It's going to be the Confederate history. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. You cover both bases. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. Um, no. So the sighting device that you have on the airplane, um, I meant to tell you, but we'll have to go public with this. So when I was flying the midwing. Uh, a while ago, a decade. I wonder if my uh, my friend Scotty is listening. Um, it had the metal siding devices, and he he just got the airplane. And you know, when you first get an airplane, you go out and you beat the shit out of it. And we went out and just you know whatever snapped and tumbled and this and that, and just completely exhausted ourselves. And we land and we're taxiing back in, and my my friend Matt was there sitting in the golf cart, and he had this like look of heart, like his jaw was open, um, just like shocked like looking at us and we're like, what the fuck? Like everything's still together. The air, the engine's off, blah, blah, blah. And we didn't even realize, but the sighting device ripped off the airplane. It was the metal sighting device. And that end wow. cap on the wingtip, there's a cap on the, on the mid wings. Yep. It's not, 
Um, it's actually like fiber. It's it's, it's uh, wood, isn't it? it? Um, no, it's metal, I believe. Um, the oh, cap part, and it's part of the wing actually, but it's it's not. It's like epoxyed on, and you could see like into. It wasn't. It sounds worse than it is, but that whole sighting device and that piece that shows the airfoil of the uh, the wing came off. So oh, um, wow. What Whoa. I have to tell you, don't use a metal sighting device. So if you can get a hockey stick or some type of carbon, I would do that. What metal well, hockey stick is being, or what metal sighting device is being used? Because like I've had a couple sighting devices. Uh, this is the this is an original extra sighting device. So, so according the design to design is Mikey beautiful. G, yeah, according to Mikey G, that's that's what came from the factory in '94, mm-hmm. and, and it's, it's adjustable. Got, yeah, it's got two attach points. So one attach point is a pivot and it also has the tie down ring. And then forward of that, it goes into this little housing that has a vertical uh, yeah. bolt in it. And then you have two nuts that sandwich the end of the sighting device, the attach point. So you can do your up and down adjustment. And then halfway along the rod, it's a telescoping rod. And you have a set screw to adjust uh, how far forward and back the sighting device is. Now the problem right. with the sighting device exactly from the factory is, yeah. The problem with that sighting device from the factory is it only comes with the the vertical bar and the forty five from the top of the vertical. That didn't it wasn't even from the top of the vertical. It's from halfway up the vertical to whatever the you know a squared b squared c squared location is on the base of the sighting device. And so there's no interior 45 on it. So in episode three of the podcast, or not the podcast, yeah. the, the Flight to a Championship YouTube series, we made a, a brand new sighting device that's bigger, larger, better, uncut. I mean, uh, better and still use the stock base L shape. We just used the uh, the same uh, the same length, took it out to the end, rewelded a, the, uh, a new hypotenuse, and then did the interior 45 on it in, right. uh, in, in brand new steel. But yeah, the whole thing is steel. We tigged it together. What does it weigh? We it up. It is, uh, it's light. It's, it doesn't weigh very much, but it definitely weighs more than a carbon fiber hockey stick. Yeah, so um, do what you want. I'm just, if I don't tell you, then I will lose one minute of sleep. Um <laughs> Uh, carbon, you can go to Dick's and get the graphite arrows and those work really, yeah. really well. Yep. At least that's, that's what happened. People use those. I, there's a guy with a one design here that, ha- that did that. Yeah. So does it flex? Cause it I remember well. they used to flex the metal ones. Like when you did like a, like a, a decent G pull to wherever vertical, or you can actually look out and the, and the sighting device flex a little bit, the metal flex. Yeah, it flexes. And there's a, there's a piece of, uh, steel basically eye bar uh on the bottom that's supposed to be reinforcing and this one did have a bow in it from years of of flying and and all that but the 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 fabricator who did the work his name is tom sherwood out of the beverly airport in massachusetts uh he he uh, heated up the metal and took that bow out but he's like yeah they only welded it in these three spots Whereas if they really wanted to make it strong, they'd have to weld it through here. But anytime you're adding material, you're adding weight. And so now you increase the, 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 the amount of uh, stress that's on the attach points. So, you know, there's a fine line to balance there when you're, when you're adding material to it. So uh, yeah, uh, he did a great job. The thing works, works really, really well. It's much easier to use and uh, it's, it's about 20% larger than, than what it was before with uh, only a couple of grams of added weight um, because we, we like took off the old device. stuff and put the new stuff on it. Yeah, of course. It makes it easier. Everybody to makes fun of me. I hate all you. Oh, that's just about the same <laughs> device? I thought that was... I was going to say, that's... 
Love you. <laughs> All right, so you got this well, midway. So You're it, kicking ass. Yeah, what were you saying, Mark? No, well, I was just gonna say, like, uh, to add, you know, that that airplane is. Wait, refresh me. Did did he make it experimental? I, there was nope. some drama, and I don't. We don't have to go into it. No, let's um, talk about it. I can't remember. This this is okay. a big piece of like this aircraft. Uh, Mr. Brown, who owned it, it before, uh, I believe, and I may be a little shaky on the details of this, but he was a car guy and a fantastic painter so he painted the aircraft in this beautiful american flag motif it's awesome it is um uh, airbrushed and i forgot the name of the term for when you use paint brushes with little tiny bristles like on them to make that the airplane needs to be the cover plane for any u.s team advanced unlimited oh. glide except glider we don't we don't recognize gliders but it, um it can yeah, be a glider. yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah, but um, but seriously, it, like that's that's a great airplane. For, for, but the, the, like, the paint job was not legal. So according to the the uh, type certificate data sheet, Walter Extra put on there a specific brand of paint from Germany. That was the only paint that was allowed to be used on that aircraft. So it was an illegal paint job, and for years, it just kept getting signed off and signed off and signed off, and so. And spoiler when, alert, so is mine. Jesus, don't put it out there. Um, but <laughs> what we did was when uh, when CJ bought the airplane, he reached out to Mike Goulian. Hey, can you teach me? Mike said, call Rob. I had nothing going on, so I would go out to West Virginia um, every other week for a couple of days and go fly with him. When it came time for the annual to be due, I said, hey, we got to take this thing to Warren. Warren Sillier's down in Placa, Florida, used to work for St. August or for uh, Southeast Arrow and then uh, struck out on his own, doing his own thing down there. And we took it to him because, A, I knew he's the best. I knew he would find this and I knew he would find a way to make it right. And so Warren did. You know, he, he looked at the paint. He knew it was on it. He went, no, th this isn't going to fly. And so we spent many, many months and many, many bucks to have a, a material painted, sent out to Germany and get tested for them to actually then finally me? approve this Sherwin-Williams paint to be used on the aircraft. So it's now a legal paint job. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Yeah. A lot of work. That's a lot of work. Well, I remember talking to CJ a lot about that. Yeah, it was a yeah, ton of work. And CJ was, was extremely patient, extremely patient with how long it took and everything but uh the benefit is there are no hang-ups on this airplane there's nothing that anybody can say like oh you didn't do this right or this isn't no this airplane is now absolutely straight up perfect there's nothing that anybody can and say certified the it. certified it's a certified aircraft wow yeah so tell us about cj i don't know nothing about cj um cj is one of the most motivated people that I think I've ever met to like the point where um, you meet him and you're almost like you can't quite be real almost. <laughs> um, he started out cutting trees with a chainsaw in high school and he grew that into a multi-state, very large business that employs thousands of people uh, in Southeastern Ohio and, and uh, uh, Western, Western Massachusetts or not Massachusetts, Western, West Virginia. Um, and they have trucks that go all over the place. He's got two helicopters that do the aerial saw, 
uh, work, and he also races motorcycles as uh, as a passion. What an and, overachiever! Uh, I mean, he's he's one of those people that just goes and goes and goes. He's got a ton of energy. He's highly organized. He's highly motivated, and he's motivated also by doing it right, which is why he when he bought the airplane as, as a 125 hour private pilot, uh, he went out and got his tailwheel and then called Mike Goulian. Cause who's better, you know, at, at teaching you how to fly, especially this kind of aircraft. MP aviation. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, <laughs> no, Mark's no. a little far away. Um, <laughs> but, and, and then for Mike to recommend me was, you know, a huge honor. And then getting so to work with CJ yeah. over the last two years huge. Uh, and you find huge. out how, how serious, how motivated, how dedicated he is to, uh, to doing it right. Uh, saw an opportunity to enter into a partnership and we both agreed like, Hey, yeah, let's make this happen. Let's make it work. And, uh, so I, I owe a lot of thanks to him for putting the right aircraft in, in my hands and trusting me to, to do a lot of the tuning on it because I have had to do a lot with the airplane to make it. So it was a, a kind of competition ready, uh, because before it was, it was very, very neutral in the ailerons, the aileron field, there was absolutely zero center. Um, and then there's just been a ton of work that he's trusted that I said, Hey, we need to do this. And he goes, yep, let's do it. Make it happen. He goes, okay, great. And, uh, when Michael flew it, which was the question that was asked about 27 minutes ago, when Michael flew the midwing, he said, you know what? This actually isn't out. This isn't bad. This is pretty good. And oh, uh, that'll be included in, uh, some of those quotes will be included in, uh, episode four here coming up, but, um, it's, it's plug it, it's plugging away. Yeah. Plugging away. <laughs> oh yeah. Radiation, Absolutely. YouTube, Instagram and Facebook. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but like, it's, it's one of those things where we've gotten the, the midwing to about, I think the, what you can do with the technology, uh, as old as it is, cause kind of everything after that was a lot of lessons learned. And this was their, I don't want to say first effort, but, uh, you know, after the, the, the two thirty, the two sixty, the 200 was around this time, but it doesn't really count. Um, the, the 300 was, was really one of the first standalone efforts of, of Walter, uh, that wasn't based on the uh, what the Stevens Acro or the laser or anything like that. Would you take and, a midwing yep. over an L? Yes, right now, yes, hundred um, percent. I, right I am blown away by what this aircraft uh, is is doing. Like it still really holds up. And I was talking with Matthias Dolderer a couple years ago, and he talked about he got his first three hundred. He's like, this thing is amazing. And then they got a three hundred L, and they're like, that three hundred's a truck. But yeah. I, I think it was just a bit ragged out kind of thing because this is a 2,000-hour airplane that I don't think the Northern Lights flew it very hard, and they had it for about 1,500 hours. Um, and they took so better it, care of it than any – almost – I would argue they took better care of it than any air show team, but they probably took care better care of these airplanes than any extra oh owner. I mean, yeah. you'd oh, yeah. be hard-pressed to find a – they're so clean. These are – when I open this airplane up for, for 100 hour. I'm I'm still amazed after yeah. three years of owning it how clean it is inside. Now you look at the logbooks and you find some stuff on there and you see pictures on the internet of Northern Lights doing Northern Light shit and you're like, that's not in the logbook. That's weird. Um, be that as it may, they the way they did <laughs> repairs or did take care of these airplanes was absolutely unmatched. I mean, you wouldn't see. You would maybe see. You could maybe compare it to a, a military team. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's you guys probably know the only way to compare it to your planes. Like, Mark, do you know which team member flew yours? Rob, do you know which team member flew yours? No, no idea. I don't. 
I don't. Do you know what the net original end numbers were? Because they were three zero November Lima. Okay, so you were three zero five. Oh my God, three zero five was uh was the guy from here? Michael uh, Mancuso. Oh, um, Mancuso. Yeah. yeah, that was his, and I think three was Michelle Tournay or something like that. Because it was Andre, well, Mario, that's super cool. Michelle, and then Azat, and then Mike, I believe. Mike, uh, Mark, did, did rear, rear stick grip upside down. Uh, oh my gosh, I'd have to look at it again. I, I, I've gotten so used to that airplane that I don't remember. I don't think it is. So it, mine, the rear stick grip is upside down, and the big base plate that's supposed to like you rest your hand on as you're holding yeah. the stick, it's, it's on the top. top. Yeah. Do you like and that? That yeah. made me think that maybe that airplane was like the inverted ship in the formation or something. Like they didn't want their hand popping <laughs> off it or something. Like I, it I, could be. I couldn't think of a better reason that, that that would be like that. But if anybody out there knows, send me an email. Hello at spreadaviation.com. You should put does, a does that uh, airplane just a have grip the vernier knob? For trim? Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, a superior design. Ma, they did. I, I like it, but it's it, it's just a it's a weird way they did it. Or, I mean, it's not weird how they did it. It's just interesting. Yeah, I think it's the because the other trims used like to move, that. like the yeah, lever ones under high speed, yep. it would just go neutral. So I think they that's do. why they did the veneer. Yeah. And the only other airplane I've flown that had that was the the Starduster two. The Starduster two. And those that could have all been built, you know, however anybody wanted to build them. But the particular one that I flew had a vernier for the, for the trim. Yeah. We should do a doc, like not documentary, but we, we should kind of document in detail. Cause it would be really cool from a, just a total extra geek standpoint of, of the differences between a Northern lights, midwing and a Northern lights L for that matter. I don't know what they did to the L's. If anything, I'm sure they probably did the same trim modification. But uh, had, it'd be fun to transfer that, pumps you know? into L's. Yeah, the L's were the only certified yes. factory aircraft with transfer That's right. pumps. That's right. Yeah. That's I'm right. Sure I remember they, that. they were the only ones with the G meter mounted the way they were as well. Like the dual G meter yeah, and then, in like, front of the pilot on the L's. You know, and there's been a few of those where, um, like, uh, like the Halcones got 20 gallon wing tanks in the mid wing, which was not available. To anybody else, they were the only people that got twenty-gallon wing tanks in a midwing. That didn't Ooh. come to me until the L. From what I rem- from from, I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure I remember Christian saying that. I'm like, oh wow, that's kind of a cool, a cool thing that you wouldn't know unless you flew one of those airplanes. Yeah. Ironically, and Rob, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast or heard heard me talk about this, but when I ferried the airplane from uh, Southeast Aero, my airplane's placarded for twenty-gallon wing tanks, and I came from the L, where and I've came from multiple L's where I've flown both. 15 and 20. And I'm like, okay, cool. That's a, this is a 20 gallon wing tank midwing. Well, I'm super jealous of you having 20 gallon wing tanks. (laughs) Well, I don't. (laughs) So you don't actually have it. Correct. So they must have placarded for an L at some point. So I take off out of St. Augustine, you know, I'm topped off and uh, Kramer topped it off, you know, and I, I, I I do like an orbit over the field. I check everything. I'm like, you know, I'm happy. I'm going to, I'm going to zip it across, dude. Let's go. And, um, I get like, Oh, what would that, what would that have been? Like maybe Panama city. And I'm like, why do I, why am I eating into my acro tank? Yeah. I, I should not be eating in my acro tank right now. And I was kind of watching it and I'm like, shit, am I leaking something? Am I eating more than I need to? And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to land. No big deal. There's always, there's, there's airports everywhere. So I land, fill it up and sure enough, you know, like they put in, you know, enough to like 
top off the acro tank and then 15 aside in the wing tanks. So I was like, man, there, there Come it is. On, <laughs> Come on, Southeast. 15-gallon wing tanks. Hey, we're um, out of the 15-gallon placards. Put a 20 on there. Yeah. yeah Just throw a slap of 20 on there. We're selling this place anyway. Oh, that, would be, that would be cool, man, to have it. That that should have been standard. I mean, we were just talking about that. You know, somebody asked that question on the L. Um, I think I prefer our the, system, actually. It just, yeah, it well, just no, no, into oh, the aggro. 100% prefer the midwing. Prefer, yeah. prefer the midwing 100%. I just think of the L. The L, that airplane is so, people have no idea. And when I do checkouts in the L for like insurance, customer purchased L's, the, one of the first things I tell them is you are fuel critical in this airplane in the normal acro environment 100% of the time. You're fuel critical. And I don't think people realize how fuel critical that airplane is. Yeah. And I don't, I mean, we've seen several fuel starvation events happen and, and some that have led to fatal accidents, but yeah, it's, it's such a dicey fuel system uh, that transfer pumps would be, I guess it depends on how effective they were. Like, how would they use that? Yeah. I mean, I suppose it, it gives a little bit of peace of mind that once you are on the center, you can turn that pump on and, and just make sure you got every last drop, but it's yeah. not one of those situations where once I run a wing dry, I'm switching back to it at any point. That's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, there's yeah, shows. I don't, I don't like running tanks dry either. I never liked it. So they just, they would. That's maybe true just, too. You know, so they yeah, just probably that's just. True too. How do you, how do you run that show uh, on a, on a, a, you know, from what I remember and, and Rob, maybe, you know, um, or Jeff, you know. I think there's two different acro sizes. There's the the regular and a large size for the L, which is like a 10 and a 12, if I remember yeah. correctly. Um, yeah. Neither of those are large enough to do a show on uh, like that, like a show like yeah. them. Obviously, like a, you know, a 15 minute, 20 minute um, solo ship, high intensity demo uh, would be there fine. Be but- like a moment in the routine that was scheduled where they would all like transfer fuel and refill the tank. Yeah. Well, refill yeah. The acro Even tank. at the... Even at the contest this weekend, I put a little too much gas in the airplane and I had probably two gallons in each wing, went up and flew a sequence and it was burning out of the center. So I watched the center uh, tank level come down. And then when I landed and parked the airplane and came back to it, once the once I was ready to call the fuel truck, flip the master on, look over and the center had refilled itself. So if you're <laughs> yeah. flying hard acro, there's not enough time where the fuel is is at the ports to go into the center tank uh so more than likely during their show you're right they had something where you know they had enough level time out away behind the crowd or whatever while the solos were doing their thing where you know the center was refilling or that's when you had your transfer pumps or maybe they just ran the transfer pumps on all the time and whenever it picked up gas and shoved it into the center it picked up gas and shoved it into the center you know we we don't know at this point yeah yeah. Yeah. And, and like the thing with the midwing too, is, you know, it obviously gravity feeds from the, from the wing tank. And at some point, you know, five gallons, it, 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 it keeps up pretty well gravity feeding, but when you get down to about two gallons or less, it oh, just no, doesn't, yep. the gra- there's not enough gravity to keep up with the, uh, the demand of the engine. So yeah, and, I, and I see that all the time. All She won't feed either. Yep, exactly. Which is, you know, um, and I learned this the hard way. Like I, I flew an L and nobody told me to take off and land on the center tank. It wasn't in the POH. And I think it's still not the POH to take off and land on the acro tank, um, in the L manual. So I had no idea. I was like, whatever. And, uh, Jim Pites did my checkout and never mentioned it. <laughs> so I was like, well, you know, I'm taking off and landing on the wing tanks. And, and I was ferrying this airplane. And I was always topping off, but, um, 
you know, I land back in the on the West Coast and I'm like and one of the guys like, oh, man, doesn't it suck? I get to take off and land on the acro tank. And I was like, what's that now? <laughs> Wait, what? What? Surprise, and, surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Um, but I like would run, you know, it's just, man, I never got into that situation where I was taken off with like five gallons in the in the wing tanks. But you when you start maneuvering around that airplane, like I would in the in the training environment, like for an hour sortie, uh, a dual given lesson where, you know, it's an hour block, you know, you start transferring back and forth and then you get to a couple gallons in the wing tanks and you do a steep turn or you bank over and, and load it up a little bit. That, that airplane will absolutely sputter. Yeah. And you're like, it's, it's always the worst moment too. It's like, it just waits for you. Like as soon as yeah, depending uh, on where just, you are, that's go home time. Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And it makes you nervous. You know, it's like you never want to get caught having to do a go around on the wing tanks. You know, you just never want to just never set yourself up to have to do a go around on the wing tanks because, yep, you bank that airplane over. It might not be enough fuel. Heck, you pour the coals to it and all that fuel sloshes to the back and maybe isn't that a pickup? Yep. yep. You don't even have to be turning. So, yeah, I mean, but like, uh, you manage it and make sure. So the same thing. Yeah, you're out on a lesson and you're taking some extra gas. and You're not flying it super hard or whatever, and you're just managing it, switching back and forth. You talk in between the level periods, and you switch back over to the center when you fly the acro, stuff like that. But, yeah, I'm, I don't mess around. Once we're uh, uh, once we're on our way home, we're on the center tank, and we're not switching off uh, again. Nice. Nice. Love it. Love it. How did So did, did the mid-wing just present itself with CJ um, and, and having, you know, the stars aligned where you could use this airplane to, to fit your goal of – um, going for the advanced team or did you have, how did you start this process in which you were going to absolutely take this seriously? Like, did you actually sit down and maybe think of some airplanes and, and who you could partner with to, um, to make this venture happen? Or did, was CJ there and, and, and just kind of the stars aligned there. And, and then you thought, okay, you know what? A midwing could do this, which it can, by the yeah. way. Absolutely. Uh-huh. I'd been um, thinking about how did that it for work? years. Yeah, I've been thinking about it for years. And um, I've always known that I needed an airplane. And the cheapest way to get into it is with a partner. Uh, but the problem that I always felt bad about any kind of partnership I may enter into is knowing that I had this goal, that I would be bogarting the aircraft, that I would be using 90% of the time on it. And the expenses incurred would still be split 50-50 or you know, uh, three ways or whatever, depending on whatever the partners were. And so it always kind of sat wrong in my gut that, that I would get that much use out of the airplane and, uh, and the partners would, would have to foot that bill. And so getting to know CJ over the years and, um, seeing how he operates when I went out there this year to do a gender reveal for, uh, for him and his wife, who's expecting, um, we were doing a test flight where we were testing out the smoke system that we'd set up on the aircraft. And as I came back in and was taxiing back to the hangar, the tower controller said, did that airplane get a new paint job? And that boggled my mind because this aircraft is so unique and how it's painted. I'm like, well, no, no, it's the same that it's been for the last two years that it's been here. He's like, Oh, just haven't seen it in a while. And I thought, how, is this, you know, if this airplane isn't flying, that's no good for the airplane. Um, so maybe this is the right time. The DPE thing is finally kicking in. Um, I, I've got some money like, okay, well maybe, 
he's going to be busy. Maybe I can present this as an opportunity. And, and, um, when, uh, when I talked about it with, uh, with CJ, I was just like, look, man, the, I, I think this would be a good thing for the airplane. And, uh, there were, there were a lot, there was a lot more that went into this conversation. Jesus, but just to keep it short, you know, he agreed with what I wanted to do with it and he wanted to support me in this. And, uh, I think getting to know him over the years and him getting to know me over the years, uh, he had the faith in me that he was willing to part with his baby to, to do this. And so I have nothing but, but thanks for the opportunity. And, uh, he's over in Ohio. He's, I'm in, I'm in Massachusetts and I'm taking the airplane for the best six months of the year, uh, to go and, to go and fly. So like after nationals, it'll go back to Ohio, or at least that's the plan. Uh, or maybe we find, uh, a business opportunity out here to, uh, to help the airplane pay for itself. And one of the ways that I'm doing that is I have a series of CFI spin seminars, that I'm going to go to the local schools around here who have signed up for this, who are participating in this. And we've got $350 ahead for commercial pilot CFI candidates who need the spin endorsement or 300 bucks ahead for uh, the people who uh, maybe don't qualify for that. They don't need the CFI spin endorsement. Maybe they're already CFIs, but they want to go through the the ground school and they want to go up for the spin lesson. Um, and that covers the hour and a half of ground and it covers the 0.8 flight and 0.5 pre and post. So that's 300 to 350 bucks for everything. And that money will go directly back into the aircraft to pay for the hangar, pay for gas, pay for oil, pay for annuals, things like that, uh, that we have to do a hundred hour on the airplane. Cause now we, we had to commercial, we had to insure it for commercial use and, and all of that if we were planning on doing this. And, uh, that was, that is what I saw in the Northeast was the biggest benefit to the to the aviation community out here was to make sure that the flight instructors and the flight instructor candidates got the highest level of quality and training in spin uh, awareness prevention and recovery training. Because on February 23rd, 2019, I lost a flight instructor buddy of mine, Sydney Mitty, who was a brand new flight instructor uh, who had a stall spin accident on a touch and go. Um, and it killed him and an 18-year-old student. And I'm just like, geez, I'm sorry to hear that. And it, it, well, I appreciate that, but it's, <clears throat> if we can, if we have the ability to teach this the right way and not go spin in Cessnas, which they stay in the incipient mode and they go spiral pretty quick. It's, it's just not as effective. If we have the tools, if we have the knowledge, if we have the ability to share this stuff, um, I think that we have a responsibility to do so. And I grew up without a ton of money. You know, I've, I've been very, very extremely lucky in pretty much every step of my professional career so far. And so I w- don't want cost to be the limiting factor for why somebody right. can't get good training that is so important to them and the people in their aircraft. And so that's yeah. why that's the other side of, you know, I'm not just out here trying to train to make the advanced team, which is admittedly a, a selfish adventure. Like we're flying solo aerobatics. We're not, we're not curing cancer, but if there's a way that I can also help and give back and, and educate, um, then that's what I want to be able to do with the aircraft as well. Um, and so I, that was the only yeah, other idea. Nobody in the Northeast doing it. Yeah. And the people that are doing it are like 
500, 600 hour CFIs who are spending Cessna 172s and, yeah. and, uh, and they're terrified because they learn from terrified instructors. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so the quality of instruction has gone downhill. Like and honestly, they don't even really do to spin. I mean, it doesn't even de- fully develop. No. They do like a, <laughs> yeah, it's an incipient phase that turns into a spiral mode and the airspeed runs away. And if you relax the elevator at all, or you got stretched out cables, she just doesn't stay beyond AOA crit. Uh, and now you've got airspeed running away. So you're loading up the ton of G on the recovery and most of them are rolling. So you have an asymmetrical rolling G loading up the rear spar and you got Embry riddle. Well, I'm not saying that, yep. that that crash was directly that there was some corrosion there too, but uh, asymmetric rolling yeah. G has been breaking airplanes since there were airplanes. P-51s had wings folding over and crushing the canopies. Then two th- in 1995, they grounded all the F-15s because uh, of uh, uh, cracks uh, in the spar from asymmetrical rolling G. In 2006, they grounded all the F-16s. Why? Cracks and cracks in the wing from asymmetric rolling G. Like it's it's not something that's limited to you know Cessna 172s. It affects our airplanes. It affects fighters. It affects all of them. So. You know, you watch Michael mm-hmm. Goulian's show and you see the airplane roll, 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 stop, pull, 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 stop, roll, 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 roll. You'll never really see it blended. You'll never see an yeah. asymmetric rolling G, the airplane. And and uh, that's that's how he's – that's one of the ways that he also stays safe. So, uh, But anyway, yeah, the, the CFI spins is one of those things where uh, I want – I have a tool. I have the knowledge. I barely have the time, but I'll make it. Um to help out these schools and a couple of schools have jumped on the opportunity and I'm, I'm grateful for them. And one of the schools, the owner was going, uh, I'm going to make it an employee day. They're not even going to pay. I'm going to pay for them to go get this training. Like, dude, that's awesome. So it's not going to cost them a dime. And he's going to buy them, you know, breakfast, lunch and, and uh, dinner on that day too. So it's a day of learning and you don't have to worry about uh, where your next meal is coming from. Cause as a CFI, I ate a lot of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, to be able to pay for the things, the little amount of time that I got in some of these awesome, awesome airplanes. Yeah. And, uh, now, what are you going to tell mean, some of these guys that like that do the program? This guy's paying for it. That are like, hey, like, how do I get involved in doing more aerobatics? Like, what would your advice be to them? Uh, the IAC That's is a tough question, is, right? Well, I mean, it it is because a handful of things have to come together. Number one, you have to be out at the airport where these things are you have to go to the places um that have these things because not every airport has aerobatic airplanes and not every airport that has aerobatic airplanes has flight instructors who know what they're talking about in aerobatics you know and and there are some coaches out there who are giving quote unquote coaching inside the aircraft that isn't really instruction because they're not instructors but they're still you know it's it's weird and some of that worries me but whatever i'm not as long as you're being safe but to get into it, A, you have to have a desire. Um, I never wanted to go to the airlines, but I always wanted to fly aerobatics. And when my hometown flight school bought a Satabria, I was the first one to go through that program. And three months later, when they bought a Super Decathlon, I was the first one to go through that program. And I spent every excess dollar I had to try and learn what yeah. I could there during that time. And it didn't get me much. Like the application, the the Facebook post that Mike Gulliam put up was... Looking for an aerobatic flight instructor, must have time in super decathlons and extras. I had 0.5 in a 200. I had like 25 <laughs> hours in a super D. And I was like, I'm there. Here's my resume. Send it. <laughs> Working and on your Boston accent. 
Yeah, yeah. And he hired me basically because <laughs> A, I had a decent personality and B, I was probably the lowest bidder. I don't know. I, he couldn't he couldn't afford Lentz. If he could have afforded Lentz, Lentz would probably have had the job. <laughs> but, but he got me and I was I was fresh and, and not experienced. So uh, I it sometimes I it's so better because he can mold you. that he could make me. Yes, he can make me exactly yeah. what he wanted me to be. Uh, and for that, I am extremely grateful because pretty much everything else that's happened in my life was because I saw a Facebook post and sent a resume. Uh, you know, I Unreal. met my wife, I'm a DPE, I got a kid, I got a house, I'm a partner in an airplane. The, like there's the so much that I have to thank the Don. The, the Don for, and for taking a chance <laughs> on me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, <laughs> like needs, I said, he needs a ring. He needs guy. a Godfather ring that people could just walk up to him and just. Yes. <laughs> Imagine these randos walking up to Michael Lane and just kissing his hello, Don. No, no more wrestling belts, guys. Let's call Jostens and get a, get a ring yeah. made for him. Like those class rings, so, those big class rings. So what's the deal with, with being a DPE? Because it sounds like an amazing job, amazing gig. I know you worked your butt off uh, to get there. But my first question with it is, what do you say to people that you're going to fail? Like when somebody fucks up, like, do you have like, I let that let them down easy talk, or are you just like, what are you doing in an airplane? Like, just pick another <laughs> career, man. Like, get out, no. get out. <laughs> no, so uh, for the most part, you know, they know the standards. And uh, let's just take, for example, like a short field landing. You you got a plus two hundred feet from the point, and you got a minus zero. And so when they land the aircraft, if they're beyond that, you go. So where did we touch down? Um, about five stripes past the thousand footers. I go, okay, about how far is that from the touchdown point? Oh, it's about like a thousand feet or 1200 feet or something They're like that. They're off that much? Okay, oh so what's God. the standard? Well, the standard's 200. I'm like, okay, so um, do you think uh, do you think that's that's acceptable today? He goes, no, no, that's, no, that's probably not good. And I go, okay, well, do you want to continue the check ride? Do you want to keep going and try to get some other tasks done? And usually they're like, yeah, let's try to get a couple other things done. But unless they are of a mindset, unless they're the type of person that can actually take that disappointment and put it behind them, the rest of the flight doesn't typically go all that well, which is oh it's even tougher. But like, you're not there to bury them. You're not is there to be crying? like, you, you are terrible. You, you can't do that. You just be like, no, nah, you're right. That was outside the standard. So, you know, what do you want to do? You want to go back? You want to go fly? Okay, let's try this. All right. Show me a soft field takeoff. And you just evaluate them from there. And if they're just falling apart and crumbling, you go, my flight controls. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to go back to the airport. You know, it's okay. And uh, I believe it's an Old Spice commercial. Experience is the thing you didn't have until after you needed it the most. And so for most checkride failures, it's like, hey, you had an experience today. You experienced a stress level in the aircraft that you probably haven't had before. And in the future, you're going to be even more prepared for it. But today just wasn't your day. That doesn't have mean you, you were. Have a you bad had somebody fail the same thing again where you yes. can't use the old, old spice little saying? Yes. Yep. I have a Gillette saying for you now. <laughs> the best a man can get. Um, oh, man. So, so they just keep failing? That's got to be brutal to let him down on that one. Well, I, you, give him the number for me. a suicide hotline. Like, they probably here, usually uh, know. Call this it's, number. It's not, yeah, it's let me not know you're okay. Down. Like I, I don't fail anyone. They, I'm just the referee. I inform them of of this, their performance with the standard, and they they have just 
they've let themselves down or they've, they've, uh, they usually come to, to terms with it and they're like, Oh yeah. Um, but like, it's, it's not me that failed them. It's their performance. It's what they did. And that's, they're the PIC. They're the sole responsible party for the, the conduct operation bring, safety. That's like, you should bring a mirror and do that. What's that skit from uh, Mark from uh, mad TV with Stuart. Just let them like talk to themselves in the mirror after you fail them. Still, oh my gosh. Still good. I'm, I still love myself and gosh, darn it. Gosh, darn it. <laughs> Forget people, I gotta, like me. people like me <laughs> look what i can do <laughs> yeah um throwback to bribe? mad tv i love that show uh, rob no i did not <laughs> the only bribe i take is the one that starts the check ride um gotcha. but like the the interesting thing was out at oklahoma city so the the when i did it in 2019 pre-covid you actually went out to oak city now it's all zoom calls and and powerpoints and things um but they, they told us like, people are going to beg. People are going to try to bribe you. People are going to get mean. They could potentially get violent. I haven't had that one yet, but I'm not the smallest guy either. So, uh, but I, I've had people, you know, be like, Oh, please, you got to give me another chance. I'm like, you could fly with me again after you go get some training with your CFI. They're right there. It's not a big deal. I'll come back for you tomorrow. Like, you know, and, and you just, you, you, you let them know, like you're, you're here for them. That's, that's why you're there as a DPE. Um, Do you ever try but, to ask uh, them like random questions just to break the ice? Like if you were, <laughs> I got them. I have them written down here too. This is how pathetic I am in show notes. Like if you ask them like, what's Rob Holland's favorite band or what kind of airplane oh, does Joey Milflex fly? To- <laughs> <laughs> uh, there are some times though, like we're all ask a question at an inappropriate time as a realistic distraction. Um, I asked a question, we were on uh, downwind to base and we were flying over a mall and I go, Hey, is that mall any good? He's like, Oh yeah, no, that one's actually, it's not like the best, but it's not too bad either. They got a couple of shots. And I'm like, is this a good conversation for a star cockpit? That shuts <laughs> him up. It's like, man. Oh, you walked into that one. I feel, gotcha. you know, shouldn't you? Yeah. Oh, you're and, tough, man. You're a tough were, DPE. Well, it's <laughs> tough. It's, it's Man, my uh, DP was smoking cigarettes and that's a hammer. joke. I can pop that <laughs> Cessna 172 window with the old ashtray in it and just started fucking piping away. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> back, huh? I got my pilot's license and secondhand smoke all in one. <laughs> oh, my, my favorite, this happened. Um, where was I? I think I was down in Florida giving a check ride and we were talking about the base to final overshoot. And what you should do. Ooh. And he was talking about, well, I'd, I'd, uh, I'd roll in a little more bank. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, like how much bank do you think you would use? Well, I don't use any more than 30 degrees. And I go, okay. So like, what would you do if you needed like more than 30 degrees in the nose? You just need to get the nose around a little bit more. And he's like, well, I'd step on that rudder and kind of point the nose towards the runway a little oh, bit. Oh boy. More. I go, okay. Oh, well, well, hard. That. Hold on, hold on. It's great. <laughs> and I go, okay. So, you know, while that happens, kind of, you notice that the airplane rolls a little bit past 30 because what do you do then? And I go, well, I give it a little bit of opposite aileron. And I go, okay, well, you also notice that the nose is kind of pointed down towards the ground a little more than you'd like. What do you do then? And he goes, well, I, I pull back a little bit more on the yoke to raise the nose. And I go, okay, I'm gonna throw now, the aircraft, now the aircraft has, has snapped to the inverted. What do you do now? And they go, what? I go, yeah, what? you just you just gave them the inputs for, you know, a snap roll to inverted. What do you, what do you do now? Uh, oh, like it's like yeah. okay. You don't think so, you're dead. <laughs> you don't think you don't have time to think. You think you're dead. 
<laughs> we'll go play some volleyball. Hey, you just failed your check ride, but How I got to work process? on my uh, setting skills. <laughs> How was the process to become a DP? Um, I just thought I, about I, wanting to go do it. I started in 2015 because I got, being the aerobatic instructor in this area, I had the opportunity to fly with all the guys from the FISDO because at that time it was pre them having to go to Dallas uh, for all their currency. And they, they had to do spin recurrency to give CFI check rides. Because if you don't have a spin endorsement showing up for a CFI check ride, you have to demonstrate spins. And, and the FAA has a spin currency for their own inspectors. Um, so I got to fly Absolutely. with all those guys and meeting all of them. Uh, one of the old guys who was about to retire, I asked him, so what's the process to become a DPE? I was already a, uh, I'd already been a 141 check airman at that point for like six years. So uh, the check rides weren't necessarily new to me. And he said, they won't even look at you until you got 500 hours of dual instruction given in a multi-engine airplane. And I said, well, guess I got to get my MEI. All right. So go out and get my MEI. And uh, then the world changed and the currency requirements, they all had to then go to Dallas and they stopped coming and flying with me. But Mark Nathanson, who used to be the aerobatic instructor for executive flyers, who left. Amazing who meant that there was a job opening for an aerobatic flight instructor at executive flyers, which needed to be filled in June of 2013, which is when I saw the Facebook post. So because <laughs> this guy left, there was a job opening for me. When I met him, we became friends and he's been a long time DPE for like, he did it for the air force. When he got out of the air force, the FISDO was like, you're a DPE now for us. He said to the, all the guys there, like, Hey, you got to hire Rob you got to get this guy. And he'd been on, he'd been an advocate for me for, uh, since like 2016, 2017, somewhere around then. And so, um, you can go to designee.faa.gov. You can fill out an application on there. Uh, there is no requirement for you to have a promise of hiring or anything like that by a FISDO to go to the FAA's DPE class. You can pay your 575 bucks or whatever the fee is now and actually attend and have the credential from them. Uh, but in my case, the process was uh, submit the application. FISDO called me in for an interview. They had uh, a board of review, standardized questions, and one inspector in the back going through my logbooks to make sure I met all the experience requirements laid out in the 8900. Um, and after that, it was about another like three weeks. Then they called me and said, hey, you know, we'd like to offer you the position. You got to go to Oak City, take the class. Uh, I was at the Cape May Aerobatic uh, Acrofest at the time. And I was like, heck yeah, I signed up, did the online ground training beforehand, went out in June of that year. And then uh, when I came back to Boston, the FISDO had their own process. And through March 23rd, I was scheduled to take my observation flight. And on the 20th or the 21st, I got a call from my inspector saying the FAA has, has suspended all in-person oh, uh, meetings due to COVID. And oh, so, wow. so March 2021st, whatever, 2020, uh, I was then in limbo. <laughs> uh, and I didn't finish that, didn't finish up until um, December 29th, December 30th, uh, 2021. Uh, finishing the actual observation. Yeah. And it was, have you been busy? Was, oh, I've been insanely busy. So when I, um, when I got back to Massachusetts, cause I actually did the observation down in Florida. Um, there was nobody that needed a check ride. 
because everybody schedules their check ride eight weeks out because okay. the examiners, there's no examiners available. So, you know, it was, it was slow for the first two months and then the FAA fired three DPEs up in Maine. And all of a sudden my phone is ringing off the hook and essentially seven days a week, twice a day, I'm given a private pilot check ride. Oh my God. It's freaking just Dang, dude. money. Money's it's good. Printing money. Well, <laughs> yes. the money pays for ab gas and hangar and all this other stuff. So like it's, <laughs> it's, it's now it's funding the goal that, you know, trying to make, uh, trying to make the team. And, and so uh, how's that going? Like, what are you good. finding? Sorry. To, yeah. What are you finding the hardest? Yeah, we got a delay. It's cool. Um, I'm trying to like time it right. Um, What are you finding the the most um, not well fun, but what do you think you're going to be spending the most time working on with the advanced category? Um, It's it's all the it's it's the unknown unknowns. It's the things I don't know. I don't know yet. Uh, Right now, I'm I'm learning the airplane and how the airplane flies and how it responds and how it flies the maneuvers and how it presents and how I need to show the aircraft. But, um, there's so much more in advance than there has been an intermediate or has been in, in sportsman. It's a big um, jump. It's a pretty big jump. And luckily I've been flying the maneuvers for the last couple of years, but there's still so much about the competition environment. There's, there's so much of, of, uh, um, how to really do it right. And and thank goodness I have yeah. a fantastic coach who's willing to work with me to, to teach me this stuff um, because it would take so much longer if it was just me out there uh, one contest a month uh, or, or, you know, a, one practice day a month and one contest a month to, to try and yeah. get this stuff right and get it going. So, you know, the, the French team really does it right in that every flight they got eyes on them. And so right now I can have some homework and go out and work on things, but really it's a lot of the basics. It's about, uh, uh, radiuses. It's about line lengths. It's about all the stuff that Rob talked about on, uh, on previous episode of the podcast, getting that basics down so much so that you can't get it wrong. Uh, and that's the difference, like the, the difference between an amateur and a professional An amateur practices until they can't, uh, until they get it right. A professional practices until they can't get it wrong. And so, you need to be in that box and the flying of the aircraft is 2% of your brain power. And the rest of it is presentation, wind correction, location in the box, uh, altitude, making sure you're hitting your gates. Like it's all that other stuff. Um, and, and if you can make those pieces and parts come together, then it doesn't matter what's, what's on the sequence. It's just a combination of figures that you haven't flown yet. That's all an unknown is it's stuff you already know in an order. You haven't done it yet but you know how to do all of it. Right. Uh, so that's where I'm trying to get. And that's what this progression is working towards nationals. I don't want to win, um, Warrington. I don't want to win, uh, Kathy Jaffe. I want to place at the top at nationals. That's, that's the goal. I want to peak then that's where, that's where I really want to, yeah, uh, want to be big on, on that. Game. Don't peak too early or too thingy. I yeah. get that though. Well, like uh, a couple of years ago, I asked Rob Holland, so when do you start training, you know, for, for nationals? And he said, I don't before. really start hitting it hard until like a week before. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's so much, uh, you, you don't want to, you don't want to peak too soon. Yeah. Well, he's in a different phase too. I mean, Makes right sense. now he's saying that, but I'm sure seven years ago is a lot different or 10 years ago is a lot different. Um, oh, more know, than likely. On- yeah. 
Um, well, he, and he's learned that that's the thing is he's learned what works for him and what doesn't. And, yeah, you know, I, I, I the only thing I could attribute it to is, you know, like UFC fighting and MMA, like I, which I don't do personally, but I did pay attention to for, for many years. And, um, you know, these, the people that, that spar, you know, uh, eight weeks before, um, their fight, you know, in training camp and they're, and they're hitting, hitting the crap out of each other, getting hurt, going too hard and up, they do not show up well for the fight. Yeah. You know, the people that don't go hard in training, you know, cause you know, uh, I won't say who said it, but I thought, I think it was a really good quote, um, at the Tracy contest. It was like, I'm not going up there to practice figures, man. I'm going up there to look at the box. And it's like, yeah. if you have to do anything at that point, you know, none of, none of these people are going up to like, make sure that they can, you know, they can do a, you know, I don't even know. Pick a figure. It's not, it's not about <laughs> okay. working the figure out. If they're, if you're working the figure out at that point, it's way too late. Yeah. And, and you'll get uh, people that like can't roll a certain way and they'll, they'll try to revamp a sequence so that it, they can, you know, it's almost like a zoo. They're like Zoolanders. They can only roll left or can only roll right. <laughs> the black lung pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, you can't you can't expect to, to place top tier if, if if it's you're not doing what you're like what you're saying, Rob. It's like you have to know you have to know the catalog and you have to be able to be go left and right very naturally. And then you got a good shot. But if if you're worried about a couple things like that, it's it's a crapshoot. You might get a little lucky and some people might zero that don't normally zero. But um, it's that's an uphill battle. Yeah. Um, the, it's, it's quite amazing. The, the step to advanced and the step down in altitude, uh, all my practice has been up high. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and so when the first time I was in the box, uh, down in Warrington, I did all the practice up high. And then as my time was running out in the box, uh, I called, uh, Adam Cope on the radio and said, Hey, I'm going to come down low and just fly around the the bottom of the box and see what that looks like and get that sight picture and see what that is. And, and it's a bit of a different world being down there. Um, but I'm glad I did it because even during the competition, I was staying high throughout all of that, but then I screwed up on a downline and I added a figure to a downline. And as I finished that figure realized I had done screwed up and I was now approaching the bottom of the box it wasn't a panic. It wasn't a, Oh my God, I've never been down here before. I'd already exercised the synapses in my brain and I went, Oh, I'm getting down towards the bottom. It's time to exit. You know? And, and so, uh, did the push out as was required for the exiting in the proper direction. Um, but there was a common, a comfort and no panic because I'd already had the experience. And I just took that extra step that the first time I could legally be down there just to get familiar with what that looked like. (laughs) And so, Hey, all right, let's do it. Let's do it right. And that way we have a comfort zone and we know what it looks like to approach that dark alley and we can avoid making the mistake going even lower or uh, trying to press a line length that doesn't need to be there and just get out of that situation. So, you know, safety first, we want to do it right. And some of that means, and you gotta, you gotta learn, you gotta study, you gotta take the time to, to, to uh, go down there and, and experience that new environment. Nice. Yeah. Speaking of new environments, do we want to talk about jet one cup yet? Oh, uh, do, you know what, dude? <laughs> it's like, it's almost like we have a script and a, and a, a schedule. I was just thinking in my head, it's like, you know what? We need to find a good spot to shift gears. Cause this is something t- 
completely out. Well, I say out of the box, uh, no pun intended, but uh, it literally is. <laughs> but like, so um, so this is this is something that a lot of people don't know about yet, and it's yeah. new, and it's um, has the potential. It's got some legs. So t- tell us first of all, tell us what it is, and tell us how you got involved and what your involvement is going to be. I think it's better to reverse the order there. Um, I <laughs> saw a, a Facebook post back in like April of this year, 22. Uh, and it was, it, I don't remember exactly what it said, but it was like, do you want to try out for a fighter pilot team or blah, blah, blah. If you ever wanted to be, send a video to this link. Man, if you and, ever want to uh, change Rob Dumovic's life, just put a Facebook post out there or something cool and he'll do yeah. it. <laughs> like- yeah. <laughs> so far. Two for two. Uh, Seriously. <laughs> but like the, the date that it said to, to submit your stuff by was in the past. And so I, I wrote a comment on the page like, thanks, Facebook, for showing me this four days after the uh, the application date. And the, the Daring Jet team responded and said, oh, hey, we've actually moved it. It's like three weeks from now. Like, oh, OK, well, go to the website, click on the link. It seems quite fantastical, but um, I'm I was in uh, CJ's hangar. I was uh, just got done washing the airplane. I was like, ah, I'll make a I'll make a quick video. Hey, submit this thing. Vote for me. Blah blah blah, uh, and send it to them. And they responded, well, we really wanted a minute. Yours was thirty seconds, and we hope you talk about some teamwork. And I didn't respond, uh, <laughs> frankly, because. A, I was worried it was a scam and I was going to wake up in a bathtub full of ice with no, uh, no kidneys. Yeah. Um, Which happens a lot in aviation. Yeah. <laughs> it, it just seemed <laughs> like it was too good to be true. Like a, a team was putting together some pilots to go fly some jets uh, or, around and dogfight each other and film it. Do you have any yeah, jet this- or L-39 experience at this point? I do. Okay. Uh, <laughs> at this point... <laughs> Besides video games and sitting in one, no. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> but like, I knew the L thirty nine very well because uh, my old boss bought one, and he always said, uh, "If you can start it, you can fly it." And so I started learning the L thirty nine in the in the video game DCS world, which has uh, very realistic systems and procedures and things. Yeah, yeah. So when I when he got his jet, I was like, Hey, you want to show me around your new toy? And he's all proud to show off his new baby. And I'm like, you mind if I sit in it? And he goes, yeah, sure. And he shows me how to get up the ladder and sitting in the seat. And he's telling me all the stuff about it. And I go, Hey, you mind if I like just talk through the starting procedure? And he goes, yeah. Okay. And I go, cause you got that policy. You can start, you can fly it. And he's like, okay. So I point down, I go switch number one. He goes, lucky guess. Good. You know, <laughs> ha ha ha. And he's a switch number one. And I go, okay. Ha ha. Yeah. Switch number four, get out of my jet, get out now. <laughs> so like, I knew the starting procedure. I knew the jet. I knew the speeds. I knew the numbers. I knew, you know, this was years ago. So anyway. And then you got um, Mike Lentz, who's like, just like, you know what? I'll learn your shitty L39 jet. I'll learn the F-16 first. And then I'll go back I'll down the to the L39. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I submit a video. Lentz submits a video. Um, oh, I just forgot the other kid's name. Kid down in Florida. Uh, I lost it. I had it and I lost it. Anyway, bunch of us submit these videos and didn't think anything of it. A couple weeks later, I get a text message. Hey, Rob, you haven't signed up for your, your interview time. Did you get our email? Check my spam folder. There's an email there from daring jet team, two of them requesting me to sign up for a, a time slot. I'm like, Oh, sorry. So, didn't you know, spam folder. 
let's sign up for this. You're thinking pyramid scheme at this point. Oh yeah. I'm, I'm like, this can't be real. This is too good to be true. And probably like a lot of other people that saw it, like this is, this has to be a scam. This has to be. And during Made the interview, was asking, LLC. that's what I thought. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was asking questions like, you know, do you have aerobatic box? Do you have waivers? What's, what are your venues? What, how's the, where's the funding coming from? Where's all this stuff? And he goes, we've been working on this for years. We've got an air boss. We've got boxes. We've got waivers all over the country. We're planning on going all over the world. We've got shipping for the aircraft. We take them apart, put oh, them God. in seven, four, send them like, we've got this stuff set up. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. So they're, they're seeming legit. I get a call a week later. Hey, when can you fly out to California? Let's go fly the jet. Like, Oh, Okay all right, let's go. So go out there and I meet up with, uh, uh, Luis and Steven, uh, two other guys who sent videos, submitted things, did the zoom interview. And we meet up in this parking lot at the Camarillo airport where there's nobody, there's no other What's cars the vibe like between you and the other pilots. Like, is there, you know, cause you're a competitive dude, everybody in aerobatics or competition and stuff, you know, you have a competitive gene or is there oh, like, of course. you know, there's like the fake, hi, Hey, what's up? And in your head, you're like, I have to beat you. Like I have to be. Oh no! It was a real rumble in the parking lot. uh, Hey guy. (laughs) No, it it was a little bit of we we showed up and the first I was there first and this Uber dropped me off and I was like, can you just like stick around just in case there's nobody here because there wasn't like it was just an empty parking lot and there was a fence to the other side of the airport and like nobody was around. And I was there a little bit early, but not that early. And finally, this other gentleman shows up, and that was Luis. And he's a former French fighter pilot who flew the Super Intendard and came over to the U.S. and flew Hornets and taught in Hornets. Uh, now he flies cargo uh, out of uh, out of Canada. Um, and he's like, you know what? I just want to get back into you know fighters. I loved it. And I saw this and thought it was a great opportunity. So why not? So we're sitting there in a the parking lot. It's just the two of us. Nobody's answering the phone number that I, the only phone number I have. Um, and, uh, this other guy, Steven shows up and he's like, yeah, I, I have an RV down in New Mexico and just thought this would be cool. So, you know, why not? And we're all standing around this parking lot, just chilling like bros. And a bunch of cars roll up and they're like, Hey, follow us. Come on in. Uh, we'll open up the gate. They open up the hangar. There's a pair of L 39s inside. They've got, uh, uh, food and stuff catering out for us. Like it was the legit. Catering? This, oh my God. They had catering out. Like they were, they were ready for us to be there. They just, you know, they weren't there when we got there. Um, give you a speech on Bitcoin. <laughs> no, but it, it, there was no timeshare. Um, and, uh, this, uh, this uh, Lockheed test pilot shows up and says, Hey, I'm going to be your pilot in the L 39 today. Um, happy to be flying with you. I think his name was skip. And uh, of course it was. Yeah. You can't fly a jet without being named skip. Yep. Got to be named skip. And, and he was just like this crusty old dude. Like, yeah, blue F fours and F 22s, 15, 16s, 18s, everything that came out of Lockheed. Like he's done all kinds of stuff. So, you know, a guy who in his, if you interviewed him, you could talk for hours just with, with him and on his experiences. So looks like um, Rambo. <laughs> a very skinny Rambo. Smoking a cigar. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we went Walking out around and took with off. around with bow and arrow uh, grenades. <laughs> uh, we took off out of Camarillo, went up over Santa Paula, up over 10,000. We were flying through maneuvers. Wait, up time there. out. You didn't talk about the starting procedure. You probably shocked this guy too. Well, I was in the back seat. I can't start the jet in the back seat. Oh, you're flying massage. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's all I share. 
so he's in the front hole, which is, you know, that's fine. Um, but at the same time, I'm not there to necessarily, I, I don't know. I wasn't there to show off my knowledge of the jet. I was there to absorb so like as much as I could. type of thing. Yeah, it, it was a, they're getting to know me. I'm getting to know them. It's still kind of part of the interview process because that was the daring jet team, which is one of six teams that's fielding two pilots, uh, for this, uh, for this competition. Holy and crap. so they were trying to figure out who they were going to pick. They were filming the whole thing. And then the other teams also then had access to, you know, the footage and the interviews and everything that we've done so far. Um, and so like we were, we were really there to try out for, for uh, the daring jet team. Uh, but the other teams were also going to be involved in this too. So, yeah, we got to fly the jet. We come back in to one of the busiest class Delta airports I've ever seen. And the L-39 flies kind of like a big super decathlon that keeps climbing. Uh, the roll rate is a tiny bit faster. It loads G quicker and sustains it, which is great. Um, but all in all, it's a very easy jet to fly. It communicates to you well when you're on uh, when you're on the edge. You can sit there at, crit, at AOA crit and and she'll hold on, but you just try to squeeze a little more out of her and she's done, but she's done benign. Like the nose just drops yeah. straight down. Really no bad habits. Uh, very friendly aircraft to fly. Long spool time on the turbine. I was just about to but, ask you, yeah, what's the spool time like? Uh, it's like 10 to 11 seconds from idle oh, to, wow. to full. But um, we weren't doing a whole lot of, you know, idle. You know, yeah. So uh, on the approach, you're, you you dirty the jet up, you fly it at like 90% and, and uh she's she's she'll sit just like that if you click uh if you click the boards in go to flaps uh, uh flaps half uh she'll climb out on her own before you even do anything else just at that power so oh, wow. you don't have to do anything else. yeah and does the rear so, seat have full uh instruments in the back yeah so the rear seat in the aircraft uh we were flying a, a c model which was designed as the trainer um you have a full selection of switches back there that can also shut off instruments in the front um, this one didn't oh, have wow. the instrument hood, but there was like a full canopy in the, the L39C model that would go down and completely cover the front canopy so that the pilot couldn't see out at all. Um, and then you could give failures from the back seat. So it still had this, this particular one that we were flying had all of those in it. Uh, so you could simulate instrument failures to the front seater and still have all your stuff in the back. Uh, the only thing I couldn't do in the back seat was start the engine and I don't think I could shut it down i couldn't pull it into uh, idle cutoff um but pretty much everything else i had back there i could i could do back there nice so the first flight it was fun land and then like what's the so it's you and two other pilots you were saying yep so then those guys go up and they do their thing um and uh we we just kind of hung out the rest of the day we had lunch we talked they they wanted to know a little bit more of our stories uh, and we wanted to, of course, know more about them. And, you know, they, they asked the question, you know, like, what got you interested in this? And it was like, A, it's the opportunity. And B, wanted to see if it's real. Uh, and they said, well, we appreciate you taking the chance on us because for the last couple of years, we've also had, you know, the people like, you're a scam, you can't be real, blah, blah, blah. Um, and frankly, they're like, yeah, that's legit, you know, what we were worried about. Like, you know, going to be honest. Um mm-hmm. Does it seem more real than that air race thing that's going on? That that they already the canceled World the championship first event? air race? Yeah, it does. 
Uh, oh, good question. Yeah, because that was that was my uh, yeah. Thought. I don't yeah, have enough me. insight to necessarily talk about that, but yeah. like they've got yeah. some problems anyway. Um, that's all I really know <laughs> about it. that. But, oh, did we lose Rob? Oh, yeah, <laughs> we lost you there for a second, um, Rob. I'm not saying. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. Uh oh, you there, Rob? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, cool. Oh, okay. It's coming back. It looks like we had a little delay there. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, our, our system's homophobic. Um. Well, maybe we did lose him. No, I'm right here. <laughs> no, we just we where? Just I'm just not talking. <laughs> oh. Well, All keep right. going. So yeah. it's, um, it's, hold it's on more, a minute. I was waiting for you to. Uh, it's more real in the areas. <laughs> Sorry. So keep going. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's more real than the air race. And so, um, um, let's see, I'm on, uh, I've been selected for a team that's, uh, called, uh, afterburner, uh, afterburner jet team. Uh, it's just kind of interesting because the L39 doesn't have an afterburner, but you know, cool. Yeah. Maybe we'll get jets that have them. We don't know yet. Uh, Scott McDonald is going to be my teammate. And, Who's that? Um, Who's he? Scott McDonald's Scott's a awesome. guy. Yeah, he's a Warbird guy. He flies out of uh, like Sky Ace Air Combat or something like that out of nice. uh, Vegas. Yeah, Air-, Air Combat it's Ace. Sky Combat it. Ace. You, 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 know, you know him, Jeff. Okay. He's on Facebook. He posts on the Airbat. Yeah. He posts on the Airbatic Pilots page. He races in Reno. Oh, he's a great guy. Yeah. 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 Totally. So, so you know, he's he knows the combat, the air combat side. He understands tactics, what the limitations of the aircraft are, things like that. Uh, he's working on some other type rating right now. He's he's down in training, and we've been texting back and forth and um, oh, all kinds horrible. of stuff. <laughs> but like, um, the do you have a most call interesting sign? part? No, I don't have a call sign. A call signs earned, you know, and hopefully I don't get a you know I don't know. If I get one, I get one. It, it, it's it's not necessarily forced. Um, but one of the interesting things about Jet One Cup and what they want to do is that the the founders of this um, are people who were inspired at a young age by aviation, and nice. they see Jet One Cup as an opportunity to encourage the next generation uh, of pilots through uh, STEM resources and outreach to the schools. And so not only are we going to have this, this three day event where we go out and we have a qualifying round and then we go up with uh, a one V one, maybe a two V one or some, some different scenarios. Um, But there's also going to be a collegiate side to this operation where in the areas that we're, we're in the area, uh, the towns and, and cities that we're going to, we're going to invite the 141 schools and the collegiate programs to send a pilot from their program to come and compete in the collegiate cup. And the winner of the collegiate cup will get their semester's tuition paid for. And at the end of the year, they're going to have a big old brouhaha where all the previous winners get together uh, on the last race weekend and they duel it out to find a champion amongst them and they get the rest of their tuition paid. So my God, wow. There's a ton of outreach that, that I love that the U.S. Unlimited Aerobatic team is listening to this. That can't even get like ten dollars to help ship their airplanes over Poland. They can't even get deodorant. <laughs> yeah, this is unreal, man. This is well, freaking if you just awesome. put the dub soap on your on your machine screws, you can. <laughs> uh, 
That's <laughs> crazy. Callback. Anyway, this is crazy. Like, Who the hell is funding this? This is awesome that they're going to pay tuition. Dude, I, that's incredible. It's it's blowing me away the more and more I learn about cool. what this program is. And so Who's doing the commentary uh, during the race events? Enough about I you. Where can Mark yet. and I fit in this? And our rate is a million dollars per year. Absolutely. Um, we can't afford you then, but it doesn't sound like I it. I'm not, I'm not the money <laughs> you know what? Screw this college bullshit. You guys need to have fly cool shit be the color commentary. <laughs> hey, well, you can. These kids live, don't need college. You can live stream it because this will also be TV broadcast. It'll be internet broadcast. They're going to have cameras on the aircraft, cameras on the ground. They're probably um, going to go with some like real professional, like Nick Fellows or somebody like that doing a cut co- when they could have gold. They have comedic gold with us, more. <laughs> hey, there's always the Listen, we are way. I mean, they'd, they'd are, probably get a bunch of lawsuits. They definitely get some lawsuits, but it'd be worth it. I mean, it'd well, be worth it. A couple college t- tuitions here and there, pay it off, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, All right, keep like, going, um, Rob. Sorry, so keep, I want to hear more. The whole purpose of this: you launch two jets, two pilots. <laughs> you launch two jets, two pilots, and each pilot has like a weapon system officer. Or, uh, on the ground who's manning the computer station and they're the shooter. So it's the pilot's job to get into a position where you can get uh, uh, a Wes and it's the, the gamer's Wes? job. Uh, weapon engagement zone. Okay. So now you have a point where you, you got your nose on the bad guy and you can send a weapon at him. It's the gamer's job to then take that shot. And the gamer's on the ground at a computer station. So Ooh. I'm up there, you know, as the pilot, like trying to, you know, trying to get in position. And I'm going, shoot him, shoot him, shoot him. And Bar, can um, I do that job? Well, you could. So there's. Can we clean the toilets is what we're asking. <laughs> you can clean the toilets. You could probably handle the catering. That's probably the best bit. You know, um, I was handling ooh. catering. It would be the budget. I, I don't care how much money this guy has. We will go through that budget. <laughs> oh yeah i would be shipping in the, the amount of carbone exactly carbone being shipped in daily i would be shipping in <laughs> containers full of spicy rigatoni it would you would open the doors and spicy rigatoni would just just come at you <laughs> just absolutely yeah lighten, lighten, uh, really gets in the nose. marshmallows yeah you don't want us doing oh, catering yeah especially with <laughs> We're gonna roast marshmallows with the uh exhaust of an L39. truffle truffle marshmallows some nice bordeaux wines Little Ross, little Rothschilds here or there. <laughs> <laughs> so like um, anyway, but I've asked uh, I've asked Doug Bird to be my gamer because uh, I think he'd be an awesome person to work with, and uh, you know just I've worked uh, I've known him for the last couple of years, and he's just somebody who's motivated, positive, high energy. If if uh, if you were going to work, and and he's a gamer, like we've gamed together, we've played on DCS together. Um, and, Mark uh, and I weren't even a thought, huh? No, Thanks. you weren't. I'm sorry. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and here we are trying to do something nice. Like, hey, Rob, you want to come on our podcast? Like, come have some fun. And like, we don't even get a thought. Ugh. Not even an honorable mention. Not even an honorable mention. Just we'll clean the toilets. That's what we get. Ugh. So much hate. <laughs> you volunteered for that. Uh, <laughs> nobody told you to volunteer for that. Anyway. But yeah, I mean, uh, so it's it's going to be one of those things where uh, uh, I'm excited for what this could be. And uh, right now, the the all the dates are in the U.S. So uh, starting at the beginning of October, every other weekend, 
Uh, we're oh traveling God. around different sites in the U.S. So Dallas, Texas, we're in Chandler, North Arizona, we're in the Northeast. No, we're in the Northeast. The closest we get to the Northeast is uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Is that because of how strict the, uh, the feds are up here? I have no idea. I was not involved in that part of the uh, the planning, but the Northeast is also a, a major market. You know, um, between New York, Boston. I mean, we could have this thing in Connecticut and still draw a massive, massive crowd from both, you know, from from both areas, and still not worry too much about the airspace. But like the aerobatic box is five nautical miles, um, and from fifteen hundred to fifteen thousand. You got to get the Don so to be on your team. He's got to be like wow. your te- your technician. Uh, so, I mean, technicians are are part of the crew. Um, I'm not responsible for fielding that, but Mike's a little busy, you know. Between air oh, shows and rubbish. what is he doing? Running Gosh. three, maybe more flight schools, and uh, being if a guy like that has that much time world. to make his hair look, if he can make his hair look that good, he's got time to be your technician. That's all I'm going to say. I think he point. has a robot in his in in his bathroom that does his hair. Like uh, you remember from uh, what was it, Rocky? Uh, which Rocky was it? Where they had that robot? Oh, oh yeah, that. it was one of those Rocky, Rocky three, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's got one of those. Yeah, or he was fighting uh, uh, Mr. T. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pity fool. Uh, so, like, <laughs> I, I'm excited about what this could be. Um, I'm excited, uh, like, talking with these guys. They've got a passion for it, and their mission aligns a lot with what Spread Aviation's mission is, which is you know, spreading aviation. It's yeah. a great name because it's a mission statement in its in its name. Um, and, uh, that's where the name came from. Yeah. You thought it was venereal disease, didn't you? I thought it was a, uh, (laughs) yeah. Spread AIDS. (laughs) 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 Terrible. Uh, but yeah, once, um, once you got to meet the, the people that were behind the show and see what they were about, you went, Oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, let's, let's stick this thing through. And so their, do you have a their season is kind of like the, the aerobatic off season. No, we'll, we'll do all of that. So like uniforms and flight suits and, and, uh, all the marketing stuff is still to come. Uh, we literally just signed letters of intent within the last week. And so Lentz is doing it. I'm doing it. Are you getting but, uh, paid Scott for this McDonald's too? Doing it. It's a paid gig. Yep. We're getting God. paid for our services. Mark, what are we doing wrong? You didn't reply to the creepy Facebook post. Uh. I saw this and I was like, you know what, dude? This is this is how I got a bunch of spam in my email last time. I'm not I'm not falling for this crap. And you know what? Uh, it's I, I this is we don't get to play. Gosh, maybe we should send in an line. application. We want to do a reel where you and I are like <laughs> for commentary. <laughs> It'd be so fucked up. Listen, <laughs> Mike Lentz in his stupid hat. Yeah. He's bullshit. Gosh. <laughs> The fact, you know, I have a lot of respect for Mike Lentz because a guy that can hold on to a pair of oh, sunglasses for 10 years or 15 years and not lose them, he's got his shit together. That's a guy. He, he has his shit together. Like, I lose sunglasses monthly. I don't even buy expensive ones anymore because I just lose them. And he's got the same pair. I love sunglasses. Yeah. Are you, Rob, are you intimidated by the dragon? The Mike dragon? Lentz? The dragon. That's his nickname on the show. Mm-hmm. We named that. I forgot we named him that. Or Barbara. <laughs> Intimidated. Barbara. <laughs> either one, either Dragon or Barbara. Whichever one you want to use. 
We'll know who you're well, talking yeah. about. I'm not intimidated by Barbara. I am intimidated <laughs> by the dragon. Uh, Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Mike and I have, uh, we met, I think it's at Oshkosh back in like 17 or 18, something like that. And of course he was wearing the flight suit and the hat and, you know, he's, un- he's unmistakable. And I think I walked up to him and said, you have no reason to know me, but my name is Rob Dumovic. I work for Mike Goulian. Um, yeah. And we're brothers in aerobatics. Um, it, it's, it's been said that, you know, you just because you step into the aerobatic box with an airplane, you're in the top 400 pilots in the country because you, you, you go up and you do that. And so that's a very small club. And uh, the things that Mike has done uh, with the super decathlon and, and with the, with the advanced team and um, in, in the aerobatic world and bringing aerobatics to university of North Dakota and higher education uh, is all out outstanding stuff. It's, it's um, he's made the most out of that opportunity and um, talking with him to the university has been, uh, has been great in allowing him to, to go with the, the jet one cup for a little while and being flexible with him because they understand what a valuable asset he is. So not to, not to kiss his rear end too much. I can't wait to kick his butt in the sky at the jet one cup. Cause I will be on another Ooh. team, but <laughs> uh, at the same time, you know, we, we understand that, that it's a show that we're, we're there to do it and do it safely and put on a good show for, for the crowd uh, and to come back at the end of the day because this is, just, this is just simulated combat. But I'm really looking forward to working with him and learning from him too um, because he's, he's done the things that I want to do um, in, in aviation. And I tell so, you what uh, timing too, like right after top, the new Top Gun comes out, now this, you know. Yeah, like, this, this is very aptly timed. Yeah. Okay. So this actually goes back to another tie-in. Um, he, hearing the Mike Gullian episode of the podcast, um, I was at Logan Airport listening to the show and listening to Mike talk about aerobatics kind of reignited this little fire in me that had kind of died down a little bit. Uh, doing a lot of the GA flying and being uh, away from aerobatics for the last couple of years because I haven't competed since 2018. You, you kind of can lose that a little bit. And Mike, Mike's episode really um, reignited that uh, in a way that I didn't know it had kind of gone out, that it had died down. And I can't explain why so, it was that way. So can you thank FCS for getting you this job with the jet team and then also admit that you should have asked us to be your ground technician first before Bird? Is that where we're going with this? So sorry <laughs> that I didn't ask the Fly Cool Shit podcast we're, guys. We're busy. Of we're Marf busy anyway. and Jack. Yeah. Come and be my. Uh, <laughs> we would have said no. <laughs> uh, we would have said yes, then not shown up. Okay, <laughs> 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 thanks. Bye. Okay, thanks. Bye. But yeah, every time I'm out in California, like I was out picking Mike's airplane up a couple uh, a couple months back, and I think I texted Mark, I was like, "Get your butt down to, to wherever I was. Where was I? You were Santa Paula, John Wayne. Well, I was at Santa Paula at one point, and then I was at John. Yeah, and Wayne, you went down John Wayne. Yeah, uh, the other time. Yeah, that was for uh, Pacific uh, Coast Air Show. Yeah, they had the oil show. leak. Yeah, man, that was such a bummer. What a great venue that was. Yep, that's a great yeah. museum, though. Out there, what's that's it a, like that's flying awesome the Don's spot. airplane? Uh, it's, it's, uh, I want to say it's, it's the worst thing in the world so that nobody else ever wants to do it. Uh, and that I have to do all the <laughs> trips, but, um, it's, it's an awesome, 
rocket ship. It's an extremely capable machine. And he didn't trust me with his SC until after Jeff, you trusted me with your SC. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah. So thank you for the opportunity, Jeff. The FCS thank, podcast continues to Thank you to for give. that phone call for the team technician. I, it works both ways. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. Okay. Jeez. I'll see what I can do. Maybe I get you some backstage passes. I heard um, that, I heard that Goulian's got like a hundred pounds of breakout pressure for his ailerons. I hear that like stuck in concrete <laughs> to get him out. It's, it's high. Um, but it's, it's not like, uh, excessive high. So I've set up the mid wing to be as close as I could get it to Mike's, uh, to Mike's airplane. And the, um, the, the weird thing about flying that airplane was, you know, it's a single seat airplane. So your first time flying it is your first solo in it. And I picked it up from Palatka, Florida, uh, February or January, of 2020 uh the weekend that kobe crashed um and it was stripped of the goodyear decals but it had like the goodyear colors that had the the blue and the gray color scheme just no goodyear on it and there was this wings and wheels event happening at uh at palaka airport so my first flight in the airplane is in front of like seven thousand people who are all staring at this airplane taxi out and it's the loudest thing on the ramp. Mm. And I get out onto the center line of the runway and I got it set and I bring it up to 20 inches and everything's green. And I shove the throttle forward, you know, get it rolling straight, push the throttle up, bring the tail up. And the noise of this airplane is so loud. It's overpowering the Bose headset inside my helmet. It's breaking through everything. It's planting me in the seat harder than I've ever felt an airplane pull. And there's something blinking, flashing in the corner of my vision. And I don't know what it is. I'm just trying to keep the airplane straight, get it off the ground, set the attitude for the climb, get it up out. And I finally look down and I see the tachometer and it says 3,200 RPM. And I'm like, oh, that's too high. <laughs> so pull the nah, phone. You're just, nah. <laughs> start, twisting, we'll start twisting the prop down and uh, go carry on to the destination. And I go to my first fuel stop and I get out and I text Mike and I'm like, hey, you know, your governor set to 3,200. He goes, oh, yeah, that's air show mode. Just like pull it back an inch before takeoff. Oh, okay. And Warren texted me and he goes, that takeoff was awesome. <laughs> like, I didn't mean to do anything, but like, I just didn't know the airplane. Nobody had really warned me, you know, all that stuff. But like for that, that first trip was Florida to California yeah. to go get it painted. And that was also Fine, uh, the weekend that, um, that Novoselsky died. And that guy with Kirby's airplane down in uh, Mexico or Acapulco were, um, what yep. do you think of his name? I mean, it was a bad weekend. It was a bad weekend for aerobatics. And I remember yeah. having a conversation with Mike um, Sunday morning. Steve Andelin. Uh, Steve, yeah. Um, and I said, look, uh, I just want to acknowledge, you know, what's what's happened already this, uh, this weekend. And I want to just reaffirm to you that, you know, the mission for, for this aircraft is to get it there safely. And, this this Sunday is kind of the most dangerous part of the trick trip. It's it's the flight through the Rockies and going through the higher terrain. And the motor was in break in, so I couldn't go up all that high. Like there was a lot of factors coming coming into play. And I said, look, I just want you to know that the number one priority is that a this airplane gets there and it doesn't have to get there right now. We're going to do it right. We're going to do it safe, and you have nothing to worry about. And he's like, I appreciate that very much. Um, and when I finally finished that trip and made it to, um, 
made it out to uh, California. Um, I just assumed that that was going to be my last time flying the airplane. And whenever I do get called for a trip, I approach that trip as it's the last time I'm going to get to fly Mike's airplane. Um, because I understand what a privilege and an honor it is to be asked and trusted with what is his moneymaker which, you know, in the air show uh, and, and how much that aircraft needs to be uh, taken care of. Yeah, because because he is the Don. I'm going to make him an offer that I can't refuse. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so, like, I, I never assumed that I'm ever going to get to do it again. And uh, uh, I've, I've now taken that aircraft coast to coast four times. Uh, I've been uh, north and south uh, at least three times. I've taken it into uh, into Sun and Fun, or no, out of Sun and Fun, out of Oshkosh, um, and it's it's just an absolute uh, uh, an honor to to be asked to do it. So, uh, you know, Mike Mike just keeps on giving. How do you like that uh, hard sell prop he's Love got it. on it? It's amazing. Um, it it digs out of the hole uh, extremely well. It's efficient. It makes tons of power. Uh, it's smooth. It is extremely smooth in its operation. And, Ugh, don't uh, tell me that. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it just it just digs. It just digs. Do you ever so, um, uh, do you ever take it out and and flippity floppity around? Heck no. <laughs> Come on, you can every tell time us. I'm Mike doesn't listen. Every time He's I'm, not listening. No. <laughs> Every time I've flown that, oh airplane, I've, always had, I've always had bags in it. And that's, uh, it's one of those things where he, you know, he's, he's trusted me with it. And if something were to happen, Mark, I don't know about you. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't forget. I myself. smell bullshit. I smell big time bullshit. Right I do too. Not at all. You know, you know, what he, you know, damn well, you're snapping, snapping that airplane. Above. Oh my God. He's yeah, strapping dude. down his gear in it's a bag. Full of <laughs> no, fuel little wings and just snapping it like a hundred. Yeah. 180. Boosh, 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 boosh. She'll do oh, sixteen yeah. G's negative. <laughs> yeah, he's freaking. He got that probably yeah. thirty two hundred the whole flight, making time. Take it to his jet yeah. team. Call sign. Call signs the fl- the flickster. Call sign shockwave. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, side note: Mark had the best name for. Uh, I don't know if we should say, but <laughs> he's gonna mix snap. Remember we were talking about that in the group chat. He's gonna mix snap. Wait, uh, who's the shit? Uh, it's for, uh, Oh yeah. Yes. I feel bad. I don't want to say it on my, cause it will make me, we'll tell you off air. We'll tell you off air. Rob. I'll say it. I don't <laughs> care. It's Louis Vanell's, Louis Vanell's, uh, call sign is McSnap. McSnap. <laughs> McSnap on that ass. Yeah. Cause he, he's just slinging French fries and freaking gold medals. <laughs> and golden nuggets. <laughs> oh, he's fucking just hanging out under the golden arches. Just, just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can see why people yeah. want to party with yeah. you guys. <laughs> totally. Totally. <laughs> Do people uh, want to party with us? No, they don't. So effectively what you're saying is his SC is better than mine. Correct? Oh, yeah. And I, I, yeah. And I will accept that. I will accept that. <laughs> your SC was fine. There's, there's, nothing wrong with, there's nothing wrong now, with your SC. Your SC is probably um, for, you know, a, a stock airplane uh, that... It's it's had a great. You bought it new, right? I feel like you were just about to say something mean, but now you're trying to cover yourself and say something nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was just saying it hasn't, it it hasn't had a hard was a real, That was going down. It was a, a real weird dog road. piece of shit. But you bought that new, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was alright. Yeah, there's but, no excuse for that. But yeah, but you're on abuse. Did you uh, did you fuck it up? Were you the only person that owned that airplane that could fuck it up that bad? Yeah, <laughs> I think so. 
No, but like you, you take care of it. You're not flying it, you know, super hard. It's not been tumbled or, or snapped above. Uh, wow. You know, thanks a lot, man. Just tell me how like weak that. I fly like, my own airplane. You Gosh. fly it right. There's nothing wrong with man, flying it right. You just hate us. Mark, I, I feel like we're just being. Okay. Who gets a gray and green airplane? Really? Who does that? <laughs> it's black. Okay. It's black. Yeah. And <laughs> so I will never forget your buddy, Matt Katie ramp checking me when I came to pick your airplane up. Oh God. Did he really? He would. Yeah. He, he ramped would. me right there. And he like, he busted out the FAA badge and he was like, certificates. Like, oh, really? <laughs> Certs and ducks. Oh, really? <laughs> That's the kind of friends I have. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a good dude, though. I caught him a think, couple times asking questions. Do you think the Don ever gets ram checked or he just looks them and like then they just turn around and walk away? <laughs> just eyeballs them. <laughs> yeah, I bet. I bet they're like, oh, sorry, sir. Oh, my God. Yeah. Let's see yeah. what other questions I have. And, um, um, I can't believe we're over two hours. This yeah. always happens. Do we want to talk about getting your do, flying? What do we want to do? Yeah. We want to talk about the let's, flying let's car. Maybe do, what do we want to do here, guys? Flying car. What do we want to do? James well, Bond. What do we want to get? We're at two hours and two hours and eight minutes. So what? Let's do one more question, and then uh, we'll uh, we'll call it a night. Yeah. Mark's got a lotion. His hands He's pampering himself. Oh yeah. Let's talk um, more about Michael Goulian. <laughs> um, I'll let you pick, Rob. Um. You can either say go. We can either go down the road of um, landing on a road. Yeah, uh, dirt road. <laughs> um, you mentioned about talking about air shows um, and what you're kind of seeing yourself in the future with doing them, how to get into them, yada yada yada. Or we can go on to um, what are your thoughts on the IAC, the leadership, what can it do better, what would you like to see in the future, kind of that other unpaved road. So air shows in uh, yep. you or IAC and, and bashing? Actually, the, those I can answer both of those pretty quickly. Uh, IAC bashing, I don't pay enough attention to any of that to have an opinion either way. I'm, I'm a terrible club member. Uh, I participate in uh, the contests. I pay my dues. I might vote in the elections. Like, I'm not. Uh, you're a judge. You volunteer. I wouldn't say that yeah, at all. Yeah, no, I'm a judge. Uh, yeah. I, I and do you're doing stuff, the, uh, like, the spread aviation, which has some airbags. I think you're doing more than most people, to be honest with you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, maybe more than some, but like I'm not an active. I got married at EAA, but like I'm not a. I'm not a. I, I don't follow the newsletters. I don't follow the exploder. I don't. I, Nobody it's, follows it's, the exploder unless Jorge is posting. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I'm. I'm a bad club member. So, like, I've. I've no, no man. I hope everybody's got the got uh, the club's best interest in mind or the sport's best interest in mind. Because once it becomes a business, I think people make decisions to try and try and make money that negatively affect the uh, uh, the quality of the product. And uh, I just don't want to see that happen. So, uh, I don't think I'll get involved until uh, until then. But um, so, what do you want to do with air shows? shows? Yeah. What do you want to yeah, do? Yeah. Future of air shows. Uh, I don't know. I've, I've wanted to have an act like Michael and Sean's, like I wanted to be a cross between, uh, Sean and Michael, uh, if that's even a possibility to get that happy. Um, but the, the jet one cup thing, I, right now is going to be my foray into that world. And, um, I don't know what that's going to turn into. I, I wouldn't mind flying, uh, warbirds. I wouldn't mind flying, um, uh, like the heritage flights. I think that's uh, an awesome thing. And some people have had some unique acts uh, in the past. One of my favorites was uh, the Tomcat and the BD5 jet. Did you guys ever know about this one? 
uh, where no. they did a recreation of the Gulf of Sidra incident where the F-14 would be like on a banana pass and the BD-5 would be tucked in underneath them. And they'd, they'd be like playing the audio and like Fox two. And then the F-14 would pull, roll, go vertical. And then the BD-5 would be revealed. And he'd turn a smoke on and he'd zip away like he was a little missile. And the <laughs> F-14 would be kind of like, there's some unique stuff out there that's been done. I just don't that's know how, really to, funny. how to that's invent really cool. like a show, how to come up with a new thing. So that's what I, I need fly cool shit's help on developing a new inventive and interesting show for Rob. We're <laughs> out of gifts. We're, we are out of gifts to give you. We need to start, you know, it's gotta come, start coming our way. Right, Mark. Okay. Want to see some dividends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, we always, Mark and I always talked about bringing back the Northern Light team. I think that would be freaking epic. Um, yeah, thanks for yeah. mentioning me uh, being a part of that team on the you know, you know, last episode there. Yeah, it was, yeah. Thank you very little. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I, uh, yeah, there's there's so many awesome teams that, that, um, that have gone by the by and for whatever reason, you know, aren't there to inspire and thrill and things like that. And I think Sean was, was trying to put together a multi-ship team and uh, with the game birds and things like that. And I don't know you know, where did that, where that is. And it's, uh, were you upset uh, that there process. wasn't a Facebook post for you to write back on and get a part of on that one? I suppose. Yeah. That's what I really needed to be involved. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, I just need to be uh, in the bathroom, just mindlessly scrolling and go, Oh, look at that. Huh. I hope that everybody uh, listens just well, tags your name on random, like fake aviation. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you can't even like top this jet team thing. It's freaking amazing. Brand new Bose headset for sale. Just pulled it out of my Bonanza. $1,200. No, like, yeah, like all those, SpaceX all those looking for four pilots to go into space. Reply I would here. do that in a heartbeat. Heartbeat. <laughs> Anybody heartbeat. could do it. It would be you. You would definitely get selected. Um, I'd be happy to do it. It'd be fun. And that's, gosh. yeah. So I've been motivated by fun. <laughs> I love it. Good for you, man. I'm really happy stuff. for you. Oh, it sounds like it's going to be fun, dude. Yeah, I am too. This, this sounds really great, dude. So we'll, um, I'll, uh, the the Jet One Cup will be in LA. So Mark, you can come down uh, December first through the fourth, and we'll be back okay. uh, March twenty third through twenty sixth. Uh, we're in wow. Vegas December fifteenth through the eighteenth, and April sixth through the ninth. We'll we'll be in those areas. So you can go to uh, jetonecup.com slash schedule to actually see the schedule. Uh, it's a limit of 16,000 people per day. So it's a three day event. Uh, so we can get, uh, 48,000 people in there through the, through the gates on those things oh my God. and how they're going to do that. Do you guys have sponsors? Uh, yeah, there's, uh, there's sponsors. What's, uh, where was this? Was it in the experience, uh, hospitality? Maybe this was it. Uh, let's see. Icarus sports, uh, I guess that's a GX generating experience award pool. We've got, uh, I can't read this. Schultz air shows is doing air boss and ground operations, yeah. the vice award pool. I mean, there's a bunch of places that, uh, uh, the, I think the, uh, the founders of this are, um, uh, French and Ukrainian, a lot of overseas folks like my, the interview on zoom, um, the other gentleman was a former Ukrainian fighter pilot and he was on zoom in Ukraine right now. Like, Holy cow. So there's a war happening in his country. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he was, uh, and, uh, he, he's talking with me about doing simulated air combat here in the U S like, 
this this guy, what? you know, he's he's serious about it. What's going to happen when you ask Mike Goulian to ferry pilot for you now? Well, like, Mike's going to have to go and get himself a, uh, a, a letter of authorization <laughs> for an L thirty nine, which you know he could probably he could probably, probably has one. Quickly. I'm sure he could squeak that out. <laughs> or maybe I'll just do the training myself. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh man, yeah, right, jet well, one jetonecup.com. I'm looking at it right now. It's uh, it's freaking awesome. I did not know a lot about this, but um, go check it out. It's really cool. Well, speaking of jets, uh, my son is awake and I promised the wife that I would take care of him tonight. Cause she, uh, she was very kind to let me go to a contest this weekend. So I'm going to, uh, awesome. Well, let's, let's get you out of here. Um, Rob plug spread aviation, your YouTube channel, Does um, it need jet to one cup. I probably not. It was done at the beginning, <laughs> but one more time, the links, um, and we'll include them in the show notes. Uh, shoot me a text and we'll include them in the show notes, but uh, you know, yeah. Um, uh, let everybody know where they, they can follow your journey. Yeah. On all your favorite uh, social media platforms, except Twitter. We're not on there. Um, spread aviation, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram uh, are the big ones. And the uh, flight to a championship documentary is happening over on YouTube with episodes every Friday. So episode four will be out this Friday. And, I'm really enjoying uh, that, by the way. Um, keep that up, man. It's, it's really great, dude. It's, I'm, it's I'm a look really behind the scenes. It. That's what's what it's I trying actually to be. look forward to the next one. So, um, each time it's really please keep doing it just for mark and i at least yeah all right yeah and, and uh yeah. thank you very guys very much for having me on the podcast and and uh jeff uh for for uh, getting out there and, and keeping the idea going of having an aerobatic show um it's uh it's it's really bringing i think the 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 sport together and getting more people involved who who may not have had an interest and uh january uh june 25th is national aerobatics day so make sure you visit your local isc chapters get out there uh isc.org sign up and uh and join get participate you know participate in these contests uh what did they say we need uh, 14 volunteers to put one pilot in a box so even if you're not a pilot you can still participate and help us out yep and uh and have these events I just have a little All bit right, of a, I love it. I gotta go have fun. Bye. <laughs> Bye, Rob. <laughs> All right. Later, Rob. Thanks one... for, uh, thanks for coming on, dude. Did he leave? Rob, you there? Oh, he really left. I guess what's happening when you have a baby. Um, he I did leave. leave. He did I leave. Wanted to plug IAC 11. They did a phenomenal job from the looks of it. Let's do it. At their contest this past weekend. They had that thing where, uh, diving into the box, you get to pick your soundtrack, which I thought was a really fun idea and just, you know, Super cool. just makes it fun and keeps it, keeps it new. Yeah. Um, so really, really cool. I followed it. Um, I was watching it. Um, and IAC 11, Adam Cope, Krista Paradis, I think I, that's the right way to pronounce it. Um, they did a really great job. So if you can shoot them a message, like them on Facebook or whatever. Um, but I think it helps a lot for the next year to, to, to let them know that they're doing awesome because it gives them a little more motivation. So thank you, IAC 11. I love it. I love it. Yep. That was a, that was a great showing. And then uh, Adam really, you know, um, really pumped up the uh, the contest uh-huh. and, and it was fun to kind of uh, uh, to watch um, the lead up to that and, and looking at the, the, the kind of the build up to the contest. So yeah, that was great. And then um yeah, uh, gosh, let's 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 wrap this thing up, man. Yeah. Um, one more thing. Thank you so much to Lift Aviation. <laughs> I got one more thing. Yeah. No, you go. You go. No, I just wanted to also uh, plug uh, U.S. Unlimited Aerobatic Team, donate some money to them, help them out, and also 
listen to the episode with Rob Holland on the seatbelts because I've been doing it the way he talked about doing your seatbelts in the airplane, and it makes a fucking world. We didn't of talk difference. about that. Did you do it? I did it today. Yes. Should we wait? It, we should it, wait. This is a real deal. This is a yeah. We'll talk. Let's talk about it next week. Okay, cool. But I want like I want a preview after we get off. <laughs> deal. Love it. All right. Deal. I'm done. I'm done with my plugs. All right. I'll plug a couple. Uh, Lift Aviation. Thank you guys so much for uh, sponsoring the podcast um, and being such a huge supporter of the IAC cool and shit, aerobatics 20, and aviation. Flycoolshit.com. Or sorry, promo code flycoolshit on yeah, the website. Twenty five percent off. Twenty five. Twenty five percent off. Um, awesome. It's amazing. Yep. Um, buy some shirts, please. Support the podcast. Flycoolshit.com/slash/merch. Buy a cool shirt. Fly cool shirt. Buy a cool shirt. Wear a cool shirt. Um, and I think that's all I got, dude. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I think that's it. Yeah, and thanks. Uh, he's not here right now, but thank you, Rob, for coming on. And uh, I hope everybody follows what he's doing because he's really putting a lot of time in. To, it takes a lot to do those YouTube videos. And, you know, Mark, you, you know, I know you put a lot of time into post that and everything like that. So um, just shoot a comment or like it. Don't be a jerk um, because it yeah, helps. Absolutely. Helps get motivated and, and keep doing the stuff that you're already going to watch. So be cool. And this is the kind of stuff we want to see. This is the kind of stuff. This is the kind of content that that we should be. Yeah. Um, it takes a lot to put to somebody do. out. To, so it's, it's awesome. Yeah. It takes a lot to put yourself out there like that. So like, you know. Absolutely. Really, really, really cool. Yep. Anyway. I love it. I love it. Thank you, Rob, for coming on. And uh, guys, we will talk to you next week. Later. Thank you for listening to another episode of Fly Cool Shit. Be sure to check out our website at www.flycoolshit.com. Subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes and Spotify. Any questions, comments, or feedback, shoot us an email at flycoolshit at gmail.com.